All right, and welcome to the State of Games. I'm Dice Hate Me. I'm Get Louder. I'm Puppy Shogun. And I'm Feld Fangirl. And we are a podcast all about anything and everything related to board and card games. So welcome to episode 116, or as we like to call it, the one about exceptions that make the rule or hashtag not all games. That's a little social commentary for you all. <laughs> just a slight just a slight bit. That might get us in trouble, but that's okay because we're being nice. We're being nice. We're, we're doing it real. It's This is for real. Also, these notes were written by TC, so there's a really bad pun that I'm not going to use right now, which is amazing, but still. <laughs> um, but anyway... This one, we've managed to get the band back together. Can you believe it? Woohoo! I know. Yeah, everybody. Everybody, even Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> and to that end, though, we will announce that Daryl is taking a hiatus from the podcast for a little while because he's got some things he's got to take care of. And yeah. we're all... Like multiple children <clears throat> and, you know, stuff like that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, kids. Bah. Anyway. No, well, it's not just the kids. I mean, I've always had the kids. It's that... Um... I have my nine month or my nine month. Oh my god! Uh, my sixteen month old is getting hip surgery, and so she's going to be in a spica cast, which is basically a half body cast. So from the rib cage Aww. down to her ankles, she'll be in that. And, and then Ethan has uh, a minor day surgery, so it's like one medical thing after another. And as opposed, because Caitlin's going to need obviously mommy and I to be, you know, ready drop of the hat and I don't want to dump all that on Leslie obviously so um I, I think while she's in that cast for you know two to three months it's probably best for me to ensure that I'm available so I'm trying to like, cancel most gigs that are going on so yeah, yeah. so we want to give you the freedom to do what you need to do to take care of everybody and and so when you can make it to the podcast we're more than glad to have you but otherwise Hopefully we'll have you back for Christmas or something. We don't know. Yeah. But, but that'll be good. So, you know, hopefully everything goes well with, with the medical procedures. And we'll keep everybody updated out there, obviously, because uh, everybody's probably going to be asking. But in the meantime, uh, the, the whole crux of this podcast is basically centered around games that uh, are exceptions that make the rule. And we'll explain a little bit more about what that means and the hashtag that we'd like all of you to use when you talk about uh, this this topic no. on, on Twitter. No, no, we shouldn't encourage that. Okay. <laughs> um, I honestly don't get this reference you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> that is okay. We don't we don't need it. We That's we right. don't need to explain it. <laughs> nope, we don't need to explain it at all. And we'll explain, but we will get more into the, what the meat of the podcast means. Uh, in the meantime, we'd also like to apologize. This podcast, by the time it comes out, is going to be about two weeks off of schedule, and that's for. A couple of reasons. Uh, one, a hurricane came through here, and I was without power on the day we were supposed to originally record. And then that night, I came down with the Black Plague and was sick for about a week, and I'm still getting over it. So this podcast is actually going to be divided into two. I'm going to cover the first half, and then TC, since he made the last half notes for us, is going to MC the last to save my <coughs> my lungs. So you can already hear, <coughs> already hear I'm working it up. So... Let's just move on to a few little bits that we wanted to cover. Uh, we were originally going to have a small Essen preview like we did last year, but since Essen actually happened this past week uh, before we recorded, we thought we would just kind of dig into some Essen picks that we thought were nice just briefly, um, a few recent events that we saw, and then have Jessica cover what she had this past weekend at the Unpub Mini. But first, since it's almost Halloween, TC had a note in here, and I love it. How do you feel about the creepy peeper? 
This is not board game related at all, but it's the greatest thing ever. I didn't look at the link until like right before we started recording, and that's which is probably better. Been the weird noise you heard me heard me make. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> Just to this sum- is awesome, but would scare the poop out of me. <laughs> we'll include links, of course, of this with the notes on the on the podcast. But uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the creepy peeper, this is something I saw a few weeks ago too. This is this is a a Halloween decoration. I put it Halloween into quotes because you know everybody's going to buy them and use them outside of Halloween. But wow. uh, basically, it's suction cups to the window, and it looks like it's two hands and a, and a masked face, and they're coming all kinds of different types of faces that look like they're peeking in a window or peeking out of a window to be creepy because obviously a lot of people will use them inside the house, look like somebody really creepy is looking outside, you know, when people come up from trick or treating. Um, but they, they've been pulled off of Home Depot shelves in Canada because the Canadians are. Not a boot, uh, the creepy peeper. They don't. They don't like it. So, I find it fascinating that the the company that produces this are actually based in North Carolina, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. I, I'm going to Home Depot tomorrow and seeing if it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know. On the if, website. Like, <laughs> honestly, the only way this thing could be worse is if they had a killer clown version. <laughs> they have all actually, kinds of versions. Yeah, if which they had a killer clown be... version, it might be better. Which would be scary here, though, because we had a, an issue here around oh, yeah. here where people are dressing up as clowns and scaring people. That, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. That's oh. happened up here, too. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a, a pandemic of killer clowns lately. <laughs> oh, there is a clown one. <clears throat> I thought there was. I, there's all <laughs> kinds of different ones. Yeah, So okay, so the clown one seems like slightly better because at least that way you can go oh it's a creepy clown right like creepy clown peeping in but (laughs) like the one like that's in the picture where they say that you know canada is banning these or at least they're taking them off the shelf is is some guy just like nondescript guy like with his hands up around in a hoodie hoodie, and you can find it on amazon there's one there's another one that's exact same pose but the eyes move from left to right Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they move. Yeah, and yeah. there's another one. I'm looking on the scarypeeper.com. There's another one that it only has one hand up, and the other one is tapping on the glass, and it's a robot, no. so it actually taps. <laughs> oh, with the finger up. Yeah, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I, I so oh, want God, it. There's one giggle. It's called Scary Peeper Giggle. It's the clown face one. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's just the clown's no. name is Giggles. <clears throat> oh, okay. I think honestly, I think the idea is like it, it, uh, scary, and it, but it's probably I guess I it's scary for other reasons, right? Oh yeah, so... totally. I mean, it's like peep, peeping toms are no joke. I mean, they're you know actually a friend of mine just this past weekend she said that there was somebody walking around her neighborhood. It was actually a woman walking around her neighborhood just looking in windows. I mean, literally just looking in windows, and they couldn't figure out. Everybody, everybody was like, well, "Should we call the police? You know what's going on?" You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, I don't know. I think if it's about the invasion of privacy, I yeah. guess. But like, it is it is more more than just like a scary thing. It's could be terrifying. You could very. You could be picking on somebody that has some real like you know traumatized issues that has happened to them in the past. But I mean. I, it's one of those this borderline because it's like you see it and you think like this is awesome and then you hear this other part where they say like this is not funny where you're like well 
Maybe it's not, <laughs> but I don't know. Ugh. I don't have the right answer for this one. Honestly, I think it's to me, it's the one specifically with the hoodie that he is looking in the with real the hands dude. around the face. Yeah. Because it looks so real. Yeah. And it's not like it's not making a sound. It's just there for when you like move the curtain a little and there's a face there looking in. Like <laughs> that's it's this doesn't seem like the tapping on the glass one sounds hilarious and awesome. Yeah. Because like that one at least, you know, it alerts you to its presence. Like well, it's not like it's just someone letting you know that they're right. right. They're right there. Well, it's the, <clears throat> the part of the article you sent was said that the woman who said that she didn't like it at all in Canada, she complained to the store, and the store pulled it off its shelves. Um, other stores in Canada have apparently received complaints because the decoration reminded them of infamous Canadian serial killer and rapist Paul Bernardo. Ooh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, that's so, even worse. I, well, you know, but like. It, that is scary. <laughs> oh, God. Auburn, not, I haven't even heard of that, but I guess it's because he's Canadian. Yeah, he's the nicest serial killer <laughs> on record. Just... Oh, my God. Uh, this is going I don't want to make light of that. No, this but... is going on. This is horrible. All right, let's move it's on from this. A Canadian Halloween. It's one. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 I'm a ghost. I didn't say that. Um, yeah, I would say. <laughs> Um, no, it, it's just like the, those, those types of things, like I, it, when, when something is done as like a prank specifically, it's like interesting, but like this, I know, like, I, I can even see like in America, it might not even get pulled off the shelves, but man, Canadians have been, are so nice. Just so nice. It's like, I can totally understand why they would pull this off the shelf. Like, even if it was, I'm surprised they have any Halloween direct decorations. <laughs> what? I apologize to our Canadian audience. <laughs> what for? For being the nicest people ever? They are the nicest they, people ever. It's yeah, true. I don't it's think they true. need apologies. Their 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 idea, like our so they would political go... systems, are so <laughs> different right now. Like it, they're, they're like someone possibly elbowed someone while walking by them, like accidentally. And the whole like w the whole country is like like up in arms. Whereas we've got like two people like telling about each other's like sex lives. Yeah, it's pretty and, bad. Like, yeah, it, yeah, like they're just that would be considered a real scandal, and they would not let that happen. And it's great. I don't know. I think it's I think it's great. I don't think there's anything to apologize. They have their idea of Halloween is like I guess. Trick or treat? I'm I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Just just treat, please. That, yes. Is that it? <laughs> okay. Oh God. No, but this is. I mean, but anyway, we just mentioned this because it's such a weird story, and it's Halloween, and it's like we as Americans, like we take Halloween really seriously, and yeah. like there are some really weird, screwed up things that people do at Halloween, and we all just laugh it off, like ah ha ha ha. But now we were look at this, and it's like they reminded of a serial killer and rapist. You're like, well, I can't really blame you for getting upset. Yeah. Uh, maybe that should be pulled, you know. And Home, Home Depot just simply said that didn't fall yeah. into our core values, which I totally understand, you know. But it's something that no most people wouldn't think about because it's just like, oh, there's somebody scary looking in the window, and they go, oh, it's just a decoration, you know. So I don't know. This is totally not about board games. It's just fascinating. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fascinating. Pretty, and we bring it up because it's close to Halloween, and we may not have a Halloween episode this year. So, anywho, let's move on to board games, shall we? Before we get sued or something. 
the creepy peeper game the creepy peeper Essen. game mm-hmm. at essen well there's a lot of other things happening at essen so speaking of essen we decided not to have a big Essen preview show this year. Last year, if you want to know more about Essen, especially like with the goings-on behind the scenes at Essen, you should go and check out um, the episode where I come back from Essen. So I went to Essen last year. This year I did not go. Uh, no one from Greater Than Games went. We're going to probably go every two years because we just don't run um, a, a booth. Uh, it's just not – We most of our big our big showings are, is at Gen Con, and it's just – Essen is pretty expensive unless you just really have a ginormous booth or have a big presence. But you want to hear the ins and outs of Essence from a publisher standpoint, but also a, a first-time goer standpoint, go and check out that pa- podcast from last year. Um, but speaking of crimes... Hold like, on, hold on, hold go on, ahead. hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we, so, Greater Than Games may be going to Essence next year. Right. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'll ask because you're going to get asked this question. Will Greater Than Games have a booth next year, considering all the reprints that will be in stock, all the new titles that will be coming out, like next year's a big year for uh, stocking shelves for Greater Than Games. It is. And that is something I'm actually headed to St. Louis on Wednesday for my fall break for a little powwow with everybody at the headquarters. And that's definitely something we're going to be discussing. So we're going to gear up and figure out our plan for 2000, excuse me, 2017, at least as far as shows are concerned. We know, obviously, we'll have a big presence at Gen Con. We're going to figure out exactly what is going to happen at Origins, if anything. And, but we'll have more about that in the future. But yeah, we, we have a lot of reprints, a lot of big titles coming out that would be would be huge for us. And so we might consider going and having at least you know a, a not necessarily a giant booth like we do have at Gen Con, but at least some sort of booth presence. But we'll see <clears throat> over there in the uh, the American wing. <laughs> So, uh, like I said, speaking of weird things that happen, uh, especially at Essen, um, we had something happened this year we had well we had even probably even more that didn't come out but luda creations had their cash box stolen and this happened last year to game salute game salute had over ten thousand dollars stolen from their cash box on the first day of the show and luda creations was gone i believe the person who was supposed to watch cash box was gone for literally like 10 seconds and somebody swooped in like there are people who go to essen and watch and it's it's just it's horrible that that happened um, you never want to see that happen to anyone, especially Ludicrations is more uh, of an indie uh, publishing venture. And But anyway, they have uh, up on Kickstarter, we'll mention Kickstarter games a little bit later, but they have up on Kickstarter, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the name of it? I'll have to look Steal it up. Steal This Game? Steal This Game. In the world, would I blank on the name of that that one? Yeah. It's called Steal This Game, and they're actually they're trying to turn tragedy into triumph and uh, base the game that they designed that night after they were all lamenting about the, the cash box getting stolen. They put it up on Kickstarter immediately after Essen, and uh, a lot of the community has come around to rally behind them and, and uh, you know get this, this game to help them make up some of the money for, that they lost at Essen. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. So... Panda also had two games stolen at Essen. Uh, you, how many? Just two games. Just they just had examples of Scythe and and uh, uh, what was uh, the other one? And the, the other one was Tricarion. Tricarion. And they are. I mean, they're both limit. They're the limited edition versions, so they're big, expensive games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Panda doesn't sell product. They have product there that they just show uh, publishers or you know people interested in what Panda does. Like as examples, like hey, look, we made this. We did this. And Scythe is, you know, up there is definitely one of the, the highlights for 2016 of a game that Panda manufactured. Um, and 
So, you know, they have them on shelves. And every con that we've, they've done, or we've done, uh, I'm the marketing manager, so we, uh, we leave product out. We've never had an issue of anything walking away. And uh, this was the first time. And so it's like, okay, going this point forward, all games have to go back to the hotel or get locked up every night now. So mm. it sucks. Like, literally, one person ruins it for everybody. <clears throat> Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, but it, it is a big event. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that, like, yeah, that that sucks. But uh, luckily, it wasn't anything more than that, right? Mm. Like, luckily, I, I, no, I've never it's not a cash box or something. I mean, that's that that would be outrageous. But yeah, that's huge. And I mean, like, I think about that stuff. Like, I'm surprised I don't hear more of those types of stories. But I think, generally speaking, it only happens like rarely. And luckily, that's the case. But oh. man, it, man, it sucks when it does. Earlier this year, didn't somebody's a bunch of camera equipment get stolen and stuff? Yeah, David Lowry. At a convention, got, David Lowry had had his uh, camera equipment stolen. I, I, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember if it was Origins or Gen Con, but it was at one of the big big shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Gilmore had his uh, prototype for the next expansion for Walking Dead and a couple other stuff stolen from him uh, before Essen, mm-hmm. and he put it up on Facebook like, "Look, if you have it." Just let me know. I just need it for the show, and you can have it right back afterward. Like, no problem. But I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know that anybody forward. would step forward with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, like, I mean, you know, you can have it afterwards. I'm not going to call the police on you. Well, Gilmore was, like, really nice about it on his Facebook post. He says, look, I get it. Times are tough. If you just need a copy of Dead of Winter or the expansion, let me know. I will send you one. It's not a problem. I just need <laughs> my prototype. He just prototype, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine these things do happen. It's just that I don't hear about a ton of them happening at at Origins of Gen Con. I mean, we've, you know, we're I have little I have little nightmares about like a prototype prototype <laughs> box or notebook going missing. Yeah, right? missing. Yeah, I'm like, uh, don't I mean, like obviously, it. Obviously, you know, like obviously when we run booths at, at conventions, and even when we've run smaller booths just for Dice Hate Me Games before the merge. You know, we've always taken the cash with us. Obviously, you're not going to abandon your cash box. You're going to try to watch it. But we've had, you know, I've never really felt like it was necessarily unsafe. We've never had any product stolen. Uh, we've had we've left product in the hall. And and the thing about Origins of Gen Con also is that I mean they lock it up pretty tight. Essen's security seems pretty tight, but a lot of that stuff goes down while they're there because there's just so many people and yeah, so much product. Yeah. I mean, I don't but see. I, mean, I I I haven't been to Essen. How is that compared to how packed and crazy it is at Gen Con? Because Gen Con, you can you can barely walk in the aisles. It is comparable, but Essen is bigger. And there is like, I mean, the booths at Essen are huge. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Gen Con has some pretty big big booths. But the average booth at at Essen is just it, just extravagant and enormous, and there's just tons upon tons of product just stacked up. And then there's like even the ones that are just the the stores that, that have product, and they just bring so much because there's so many people that come from all over Europe to go there just to buy. I mean that's what it's all about. It's about buy, buy, buy. It's not about play. You don't sit around. I mean you get demos of course, but you don't have open gaming. You don't have anything like this. It's, it's you show up, you buy your games, you eat your crazy fries, and you get out, and then you go play your game somewhere else. So, it's um, I don't know, it, and I guess it's just a different. It's interesting that you would think there would be more instances of something like this happening at Origins of Gen Con, but it just doesn't. At least knock on wood that I I've heard of. 
anything hopefully, to this extent. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't increase or anything or anything worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, just knowing how the booths are run, there are some booths that would be really, really hard to target, but many, many booths that would not be. And and luckily, luckily, I haven't really heard too much about it, which is good. Well, I guess my thing is, if it's so crowded, why would you even risk wanting to take something? Because where can you run? Well, you get lost in the crowd. I mean, you know how easy it would be to get lost in the crowd? Especially if there's something sitting like on the edge and nobody's paying attention and you see like a group come by, you just kind of, you know, put it behind your back and walk around and like in literally like in 10 seconds, you can be lost and gone. So I don't think it's, you know, I'm not that I don't want to encourage thieves to kind of figure out ways that these can, these things can happen. And for the most part, I think most people are just there to have fun and aren't really taking advantage of anything. But, you know. Everybody's there's all, in any crowded group. There's always gonna be one or two bad apples that are trying to get away with stuff. So, yeah, which sucks. But anyway, we we feel for Luda Creations. If you want to go check out that Kickstarter to help them out, I think I probably definitely will here pretty soon. And we'll also mention a little bit more about the end of the podcast with the Kickstarter segment. But we can move on now to uh, basically talking about since Essen has already come and gone, we were gonna keep it short to begin with. We were gonna record this before. All of us were just going to mention like one or two games that we thought looked cool for us before Essen started and also possibly might have got updated during the coverage. I wasn't able to watch a ton of the coverage because I was pretty sick, and uh, I'm actually glad that I did not go to Essen this year. Uh, It was fun last year. I'm glad I got a chance to experience it, but I'm so glad that I was able to stay home, and especially, I mean, I I don't know if I would have gotten sick right before, but if I would have traveled like this, I would I wouldn't even be able to go, go gone into the uh, convention center and, and done anything. So you could have hung out with Paul Grogan. He was sick. Oh, Edison. was he? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, the worst. I'm curious, Jessica. So being new to the hobby and everything, like, did you or for this year, I guess, for overlapping with Essen and everything, like, did you watch any of the coverage that they had, like on Board Game Geek or any other weird coverage that might have had for Essen? While no, it was happening? I only watched like. A few minutes, I think, on Friday, and that's it. I've okay, just... that's that's more than I did, so that's why I was wondering. I was just wondering if maybe you were like, "Oh man, I got to scour these and see what's coming no. on." I, Having it in the background. I think. Well, I made the commitment to not buy any games after Gen Con, and so well, yeah, I'm but trying these are to... all coming to America next year. I know, but I but I'm just like <laughs> limiting my exposure <laughs> of like you know wanting stuff, so. I've been trying to stay out of it, but I was a part of a vidcast last week where we were talking about Essen games. So I heard, I just heard a lot from people that had done a bunch of research too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not any different. I didn't know if it was just like <laughs> some crazy panic. I was hoping you were panicked listening to listening to podcasts and watching Board Game Geek the entire weekend <laughs> while doing other yeah. things. I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I mean, I know there's always a few things here and there that seem pretty exciting coming from Essen, but there wasn't a ton this year that I was like, I mean, I bought quite a few last year, but I'll, I'll be even honest that <clears throat> with some of the games that I picked up last year, I've, and there was only a, a, a handful that really turned out to be ones that I ended up playing a lot of. I mean, I mean, Time Stories was a good pickup for me, and I was able to play it quite a bit before it was released here. But we've gotten to such a cycle now that a lot of the Essen releases that come out there are available in the U.S. by the time Christmas rolls around, and if not that, at least January. So, 
You don't have to wait well, that I, long. I, I, like, I like it, but I, my, I mean, that's that's why I brought up this whole thing, like of trying to, like, you know, it's a tradition to go through the lists for each each convention. But we already did the Gen Con thing, and that's more close to home because everyone's going. Right. It's like doing the Essen thing again. You like, you just. I don't know what to be excited for. I will know in two months what to be excited for. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> because everyone will have played it, and I will have played some, and I would have been like, yes, this is what I want, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm waiting for. The the I I look at some of the names, and I go, I, I hope it's good. On yeah. that note, by the way, here's one of my picks. Uh, Flamme Rouge. Flamme Rouge. I, I really want to play... One. No, no, this is the... No. Oh, yes, biking. Not biking. Okay, I thought biking. you said biking. No, yeah. Biking. Bi- cycling, <laughs> sorry. Biking, Viking Vikings. Biking Vikings. <laughs> I, yes, it's the cycling, the cyclists. And I'm interested because I always wanted to play that old Spiel de Jar winner that was about drifting and drafting people as a racing game when you had a team of your own cyclists. And I thought it looked cool because of the drifting or drafting mechanics and stuff. And this one is very similar in that, and apparently it's uh, kind of pared down, so some of the complexity is gone, but there's a lot of like cool tactical long-term decisions to make. So I'm interested in playing a racing game that's good, that has cycling in it. I don't know why, but that sounds awesome to me. So it's Rally Man with bicycles. Well, it's active. You know, Rally Man's like, kind of like, I... Uh, plan out my thing. I can do it risky or I can not. But like, then you do your you do your motion. This one's kind of like actively. Like, I take a turn, you take a turn, you take a turn. Oh, like okay. with a lot of, more interaction. But got it. But um, yeah, so less planning your route by yourself. You're more like you are in a pack of people trying to figure out what you want to do and when you're going to make your big move. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll just play Thunder Alley. I'd like to try it. Never. <laughs> Sorry, but Thunder Alley's good and it's a drafting that is, game. That's the least French thing you could do. <laughs> You're right. This is a Blam very French Rouge. game. It is a very French Blam game. Rouge. <laughs> I would play it. I would, I would totally play it. Yeah, everyone would play it. Yeah, that's totally. Uh, what, did, what did someone else pick? Please. Hey, Daryl, give us one off your list. Uh, okay. Just to continue to be the prophet of Bond. Uh,. Bonanza Das Duel, das which duel. is Das Duel, which is two-player Bonanza. <laughs> I don't know why that went German to like player, Spanish. Um, <laughs> das Duel. <laughs> uh, you can, but it's it's not much fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, you play no. player all the time, dude. Yeah, well, you know, you 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 don't know what fun means. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh no, because <laughs> clearly, yeah, no. So. Um, Dean farming head to head. No, but it's yes. There you go. I, I so I got to pick it up because I got I, I get all the Essen Bonanza ones that come out and they always turn out to be awesome. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, Daryl introduced me to this!" So now I'm going to introduce everyone into Bonanza Dust Duel, one at a time. Yep. <laughs> all right. Sounds sounds great. Yeah. I want to try. I want to try dueling beans. Well, it's got secret orders and all that stuff to help incentivize a two-player game. I can't a bit more. imagine that it'll be bad. I mean, every Bonanza game is awesome. So yeah, right. it's the expansions that are kind of iffy. Yes, yeah. yeah, this is going to be good. All right, Jessica, what you got? 
The Oracle of Delphi. Stefan Feld, I love you. <laughs> that is a really, really pretty box cover. Yeah, like, it really I is. looked at that and I just, just, I just want to play that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. I want to play it. And it's so different from other Stefan Fells because it's not a point salad. It's a racing game. It's a pickup and deliver racing game. So that sounds cool to me. That's pretty dice. It has so much stuff. I read the rules and I've already forgotten them all. <laughs> so much. I don't know at all how it plays. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's one of the ones I'm excited about for sure. It has stickers. Oh my gosh, people are going to not be happy. Are they going to stick? I can't stand it when the stickers don't actually oh, stick. Oh, don't be that person. Wait, is it going to be a sticker? It's not stickers on the dice, though, right? No, just, no not on the okay. dice. Dice are custom okay. dice. It's just little tiles. It's like uh, Command and Colors uh, tiles where these stickers oh, are back. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. I don't mind. Well, there's stickers a lot of people. Stickers rule, people. I know. I don't stickers know what's wrong with stickers. Rule. Stickers are kind of cool. My Fields of Arla is so annoying. Was there stickers? Yes, they curl up on these little tokens you move. Oh, uh, no, I might need to modge podge them or whatever. Try stickering uh, the uh, try stickering the uh, the Orleans Kickstarter expansion. It's like a hundred never even played that game. So double sided wooden idea. tokens. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you just gave me those tokens as opposed to me having to worry about it. <laughs> I think they're just. I just still didn't even separate them. They're just in the box. But I oh, has so many tokens. No, no way. I'm stickering that. <laughs> what about you chris what are you excited about the most the one that i've been most excited about especially since even when it was announced much less Essen, and we'll actually have a a review copy of this before too long is great western trail from stronghold games fister fister it's alexander fister it's the year of, it's the year of mr fister and yet again again this one seems super cool i mean it's obviously a theme that i love i think that the board and the components look super awesome i mean it's 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 just it's the West and there's like trains and cows and just awesome. Whoa! Whereas the box of Oracle of Delphi made me want to play it, the cowboy hat on Great Western Trail makes me not even Give want to see what the game here, is about. That's, Why in the world? That's true. That's Western, true. My, my anything guess, Western just turns me off. You don't know what's good. Wait, you like pirates, <laughs> but you don't like the Western part? I don't love pirates. I don't mind pirates. <laughs> Wait, I thought you what? My she's friend of, in my game group is obsessed with pirates. Oh, okay, with pirates. Yeah. Okay. So see why? Excuse me. My thing with this game is I'm looking at I'm like, wow, this is a stronghold game because the box is really pretty. <laughs> uh, That's right. It's I it's, uh, said it. Eggert Spieler, Eggert Spieler production. And actually, when the box first came out, it used to just be the box cover and. Uh, it was like, and it even it even notes it on, on on board game. You can I remember when it happened when they just had it kind of as a sketch. Everybody was like, "Oh, don't change it, man! I love the black and white." And so, uh, it's got a note on here of the actual cover, and and um, uh, Bonacore said, since there was so much praise of the black and white cover, we decided to just do it as a sepia image. So they they set it back as a sepia instead of adding all the color to it, which I think is awesome. Um, I liked it mm-hmm. to begin with, so cool. I think this game's gonna be cool. Um, as long as uh, Bonacore stays true to his word, he'll be sending me and uh, Dan review copies of it. And so we'll be playing it before too long, and I can't wait. I keep trying to watch Tombstone on, on like, mm-hmm. you know, somehow, like on some sort of demand service, but, like, I can't find it. What do you mean? Oh, try to watch it. 
Yeah, Tombstone. Because I've never seen it. Best. I can't believe you. You and Daryl. What well, is up with you and Daryl never seeing Tombstone? Jessica, I know you probably never seen Tombstone. I've I seen Tombstone. Tombstone. Oh, you've seen Tombstone. No, Daryl, okay. you finally watched Tombstone. I just don't see any new westerns you. that come out. Oh, I got you. Well, you don't really need to after Tombstone. I mean, let's be honest. You're not going to go see the new Magnificent Seven? Yeah, I guess I probably will. I did like the original <laughs> yeah. Magnificent Seven, so. Well, anyway. I like I Cowboys. I have, Jan- I have Django. I don't need anything else right Django now. Django Unchained. Man, okay. okay. So the first time I ever saw that movie, this is such a tangent, but it was whoa, whoa, a bootleg whoa, whoa, whoa. copy. I thought you only saw Tombstone and you don't watch other I, I used to have a husband who wanted to see this stuff. So <laughs> oh. uh, I, the, I, we saw it was a bootleg copy and it was like stop motion the entire and i did like it but i that's when i need to see like for real like regular real version where it's not stop motion on the entire but i love that german actor he's really cool oh christoph waltz christoph waltz yeah Yeah, he is fantastic yep all right uh anyway so yeah yeah I'm going to just say the, the next two real quick, because the first one was, I was looking forward to last Friday. I still am looking forward to last Friday. I hope I hope it will come out. It was at it was kind of at Gen Con. So I'm not even going to... We already talked about it. I'm not going to like go over it again. <laughs> but I want to play the Jason. No, I want to be Jason. I want to be Jason in it. <clears throat> but, but yeah, I want to be John to be the Jason. Um, <laughs> anyway, I... But the other one that I was interested in was Adrenaline. Which was the one that I kept seeing people like talking about design notes and everything from, but it's an attempt to take a first person shooter and make it into a Euro game. Right. <laughs> did you check it out at Gen Con? I didn't. I didn't. Did you? I went by to no. see it and watch it. I watched a couple of rounds of it, but I didn't get a chance to play it. Okay. Did it look any good? Because I I'm still interested in it, and that's the other pick that I had. It was I was interested in adrenaline because. It's trying something different and also trying it from a different angle of trying something different, right? Yeah, it, like, looked, it's not, it, it looked cool. I mean, I don't know. It's if not it's, like Frag or something. No, it's well, no, because Frag is, which, I mean, just for the record, I love Frag. But, what is Frag? Oh, well, of course. <clears throat> oh, Frag is so but, fun. You don't take it did seriously. I this, did I put it? this down there? Are we going to get to that later? Oh, yeah, wait, did we you are. take that out? No, I didn't take that out. Oh, okay. No, okay. It's there. Never yeah, mind. Okay. I know, no, I know we'll what you're talking about. Later. I know what you're talking about. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it, no, it's not like Frag because I mean, this is this is a much more limited board, and you've got like this is this has Euro elements to it. Frag, Frag is nothing but you just show up on the board, run forward, find a nice weapon, and blow the crap out of somebody. I mean, that, how much fun is that? It's awesome. So you don't take Frag fear, seriously. I don't take any of their games seriously. Oh, dude, anyway. come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who's next, Daryl? Yes. The next what one I you? have is... I was reading up on Adrenaline. Sorry. Um, Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Did you see I, the box covers? I did. I did. But, uh, you know, I had so much fun with Season 1. Uh, are we going to binge it again? Hey, uh, that would be the plan. Okay. You got to get it I'm for Christmas. i April. Yep. It'll go on my BGG Secret Santa list again. For somebody That's overseas? All- yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, that's how I got season one last year. That's I got true. it from John DeBoy. That is true. So, well, do, do, I, I don't do feel us, like I need us. to describe season two, do I? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, I no. Do another one. That's, that's <laughs> like, like everyone's paused. I'm like, um, 
it's the same as season one, but with the new unique <laughs> yeah. storyline yeah, I think, I think and we abilities. Know, I think we know where you're coming from. We, we're picking up what you're putting down here. All right, what? Give us another one. I hear it has dinosaurs. By the way, <laughs> anyway, Ooh. keep going. All right, the other one is uh, so I picked up, I got Celestia at Gen Con this past year, and it was a gift. So I had no idea anything about it. Hidden gem. Uh, yep, Chris and TC came over and we. Pulled it out and played it, and we're like, "Holy crap, this game's good!" And I've played it a lot since then, a lot, a lot. It's like become like the filler game of choice. And so, in Essen, they brought out a little mini expansion called Celestia: A Little Help, and it brings in some additional cards for the passengers on your airship if they decide to want to help the captain get off the airship before it crashes. Uh, but it's also full of tricks where they could trick the captain and steal the ship and stuff like that. So uh, it's it looks like it's going to be a lot of just backstabbing fun. So I like just it. A, just a little help. And, and and you have on the end of your list, just so you, uh, quickly, like uh, they, they have another one this year? Mm-hmm. Another advent calendar. Yes, they have another advent calendar this year by Frosted, uh, another one from Frosted Games. Um, and there's 24 expansions in it, but only 23 are expansions to games that are out. The 24th one is an expansion to a game that you have to have a certain expansion to play that expansion. So it's expansion. expansion. Yeah, it's an expansion to an expansion. So, uh, some of the games, because they've been, like, teasing, like, little pictures of what games are included, but ones that are confirmed are, uh, Camel Up was confirmed on there. Uh, Orleans was confirmed. Uh, Gold West and a couple others. So that's cool. But I, I had going from the pictures. I'm like, I have a lot more of these games this time. So, <laughs> and Oh, and one thing that they did, they brought out two different box sizes. So they have the ginormous suitcase box and then they have a teeny tiny, like compounded size box. That's probably a better up. idea. Yeah. And everything's in blind envelopes that are numbered, so you just open up the envelope on that number. Well, how mm. cute. So, that's, that's are they going to have copies of them at BGGCon this year? I hope so. I mean, they did it last year and they sold out, so I hope they would do the same thing, and I hope they have the small ones. I imagine they probably will. All right, Jessica. All right. X Nimitz. I'm so excited for this little card game. Sorry. It's and Instead of what? sex-nipped, it's ex-nipped. Yes, it's ex-nipped. So it's nipped to the X degree. <laughs> yeah, so in addition to there being the main board where you have to play cards, if you end up collecting cards, there's a special row in front of yourself that you have to deal with that you also have to play. So you have to manage both areas, so that's kind of cool. Ooh. And then... I mean, that does make it extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just mention the last one is Las Vegas, the card game. And I couldn't find any English rules on it, so I don't know too much about it. But in addition to it being a standalone game, it's and it also be an expansion to the dice game. So yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I mean, we've yeah. gotten. I mean, that's just the the hip thing to do is the whatever the game that has dice in it. Let's make it a card game. You know, we had. Um, Castles of Burgundy, and now we've got that. Mm-hmm. A lot of those types of more intricate games transformed into card games. So now we have Vegas, which is an interesting choice considering how simple and elegant the Vegas system <clears throat> is with dice. So I'll be interested to see that. But I do like the fact that it does work with the base game. Yeah, I I, I don't know because the <clears throat> the dice 
are such an integral and thematic part of that game. Port? And it's just, I mean, the, I mean, heck, the artwork has the dice front and center even. You know, it's like, this is a dice game. And it makes sense because, oh, it's Vegas. Well, of course there's going to be dice in it. You know, obviously. And now you're kind of Vegas taking that away. Vegas has cards, too. Yeah, it's going to be blackjack I, all day. All day. I just... I, I have, have no I, idea what the card game is, actually, so I'm curious. I'm just curious to see what I, it is. I kind of hope it's like very similar, but like with a busting mechanic, right? Like mm-hmm. that you would yeah. you're you're trying to go to those locations, but like you then like could potentially bust. It looks like it's only 26 cards. Yeah, the next really? version is going to be a slot machine. <laughs> no, the slot, slot machine what? came slot out as an expansion. expansion. Yeah. Yep. No, an actual slot machine. Oh, an actual slot machine. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. It'll be like potion oh, explosion. If, little tokens that you get. That if out. all the dice games are becoming card games, when's, v- when's Viva Java the card game coming uh, out? Dude, you ruined, no, my, Viva you ruined my whole joke. Uh-oh. <laughs> now announcing Viva Java the card game, the dice game. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. The board game. Now, right, see, oh, here, no, the, the dice game, the card game. Sorry. Here's a little the trivia. Game, here's a little trivia for everybody out there listening. So this is this is how well things go with TC sometimes. So <laughs> after WBC of 2000, blah, 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 I don't remember what it was. 2012, I think it was. Uh, Viva Java had come out, or was about to come out, and I was like, we need another, we need something else. So this is going to be awesome. So well, I, your, your mission is to design, it was 2011. Your mission is to design Viva Java, uh, the Viva Java, the coffee game, the card game. And so TC's like, okay, sure. And so I keep bugging him. I'm bugging him. I'm bugging him. Viva Java comes out. Uh, it does really well. And then TC shows up at, I don't which unpub it was three. I think it was. He shows up on Pub 3, and he's like, oh, I got Viva Java. And I'm like, okay, what? He goes, it's a dice game. I'm like, what? So he decided to go dice instead of cards. But in the end, well, it was the good. It was the best move. I mean. And Mike well, Fitzgerald has credited TC for the whole dice game version of game movement. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So I'm responsible for trailblazer. everybody. Trailblazer. Yeah. He's a trailblazer. Responsible. But now, but now you have to be responsible and do the card game version. So... <laughs> Yep, so Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game, the card the game. Card game. <laughs> We're going to have three yeah. colons in that thing. That's going to be awesome. It has to be, yeah, it has it has to be, to be playable compatible with, 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 the with the dice all. game. All. Ooh, it has to make up for the yeah, no colons in his new game. Nice. <laughs> that would be amazing. And I will say this. I, it, I will say this. In my defense, while I had been, when it was working on Viva Java to try to, to try to make the interns, right? I came up with Viva Java, the card game. It just... All of a sudden, I came up with the idea for the dice game in the middle, and it, it was a better idea. It was Unless a better idea. You said interns, and I was like, I, you could go the intern route with the card game, and then that way it would work with both. Previous well, that was, that was the idea. Well, actually, the card game was going to be more about like, hey, we've got these beans and working together, and I'm building up stuff in front of me, right? Like with the cards, but, you know, the cards would all be beans, and you would build up your how are we going to get these to, like, different, like, places in front of you and, you know, and whatever. But, like, you know, it just didn't pan out. And then Dice Game was made in like five minutes, and I was like, this is a really cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out for the best. But one of these days, it we always might see, does. It always does. Uh, one of these days, we may see Viva Java, the card game, the dice game. I mean, Viva Java, the coffee game, the <laughs> dice game, the card game. And that because would be amazing. That, that, would o- that is, is like something I would do that would make me happy. Because I, I am unhappy that I have made a knockoff version of my own thing. So I have to make the most <laughs> ridiculous 
knockoff ever. And so. then we can go Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game, the card game, the towel game. Yep. <laughs> oh, don't forget the party game. The party game. Well, we already have yep. a party oh, game with Viva Java because it's, you know, it's a strategic Euro party game. So. That's not a party game. It is. It should be writing names on cups and seeing how badly you. We, we are getting way. We are getting way off topic. <laughs> yes, we are. We, are. we need to. We, we are going to, to bring on. up. We are going to bring up the party games and the Euro games here very shortly. Absolutely. So Let's what's move. the? What? Oh, oh, wait. Well, yeah, but you, Chris, you already picked Aura of Cola Delphi. Oh no, no, we're all done. We're done with Essen. <laughs> we've already wrapped it up. We've we've covered everything on everybody's list. The only thing that I had was Oracle Delphi because I think it's gonna be awesome. But I'm also excited about Last Friday because I really want to play that. And uh, I think this is a good list. I mean, obviously, a lot of you out there are probably going to have some other things you want to mention about Essen. And some of you may have gone to Essen. I know some of you who listen to the podcast went to Essen this year. So if you bought something or saw something there super cool that you'd like to tell us about, we'll mention on the podcast. Talk to us. Of course, you can contact us on Twitter at uh, the tweet at the state of games on Twitter. Uh, email us at the state of games at gmail.com. Also uh, comment on notes on the podcast on DiceHateMe.com and also our guild 1903 on Board Game Geek. We want to hear about all the cool things you saw and experienced at Essen, and we'll bring it up on a future podcast. But before we move on to the be the podcast, let's have a quick recap. This past weekend, as we mentioned on a previous podcast, was an Unpub Mini uh, just outside of Richmond, and it was it was at Battlegrounds, right? Yes. Yes, and Jessica went to it. I was scheduled to go to it. I really wanted to go, but I, like I said, I was just—I've been so sick this past week, and I just didn't want to infect everybody. So I decided to stay home and rest for the day. But we'd love to hear what your overall impressions and some of the cool things you saw at the Unpub Mini. All right. So there was a really, really great turnout. There were, I think, fifteen designers. I think there there were there showing games. Um, some people from North Carolina came up. Josh Mills came up to show off his new bigger board game backlot about movie making. Mm-hmm. And then um, Matt Wolf came up and he was just playtesting games. Oh, and uh, Josh and his wife also came up with the little babies. So I got to meet little Magnolia and she's this cute Aww. little chunky little thing. <laughs> she was really well behaved too. Apparently she's pretty good in loud venues. But uh, so I only got to play test four games. The first one is a game that Brian Fisher designed the night before, a Euro game. And I saw uh, that. Was it good? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, obviously it's a first iteration, yeah. but the, this, there's this main board that has actions all the way down, and then they have specific... You use your dice to take the action. So it'll say even or odd, depending on what die value is placed there. You get to take whatever action is listed for you, like an odd value or an even value. Or then there's another one that I'll say if your die is one through four, you get to take this action. If it's five and six, you get to take this action. So what you do is you place your die. You start placing your die somewhere on the board with the six. And then if you're going to go down or up one space or two spaces, you have to roll your die down that many values. So if you want to move down two spaces, then it goes from a six to a four. And then you have a space from four to one to continue moving it up and down the board to take actions, which was really interesting and different. Um, but he still obviously has a lot of work that he has to do on it. Like the end goal was still um, not really fine tuned. It's asymmetric every and right now it's only a four player game but because each player is a different um like i was a blacksmith and then someone was 
the monks and we all created something different that everybody else needed to use so that's something has to balance out and work on so it was really interesting so that was pretty good that what's, what's he calling it blocksmiths oh that's right he he was actually <laughs> had talked about a a game that was kind of centered and had that kind of name and i, I i'm glad that he finally got it out because it sounded awesome yeah so and then his prototype was really nice <laughs> for it being just a one day design <laughs> Um, the next game I played was a small little card game that would be good for kids. It's basically you start with a hand of cards and you draw a card and you have this menu board and you're fi- trying to fulfill like the menu that's there. And mine had like bat bouillonnaise. There were like animal themes on it. And then I just needed other ingredients like basil and noodles or something. So you're just drawing cards and trying to place them onto your board to fulfill them. When you draw cards, you can maybe draw a sanitation card, which will prevent somebody from placing a card onto their tableau. So there's a little bit of take that and blocking. But it's a very simple draw and place or draw and discard game. But I thought at first I was a little bored because the my starting hand was just cards I couldn't use at all that other people could use. So I didn't want to discard them so that they could pull them from the discard and use. So I was just drawing and discarding, drawing and discarding. But then it got a little interesting with the take that cards and stuff. So it was a cute little game for kids then i played josh mills game backlot which i loved have you gotten to play this yet chris no i've seen uh the initial iteration that he had at our our uh umpub at uh atomic empire not too long ago and i know he's changed quite a few since then and i really that was one of the things i was looking forward to playing when i went to the umpub mini but i mean i he's you know, i've seen some of the iterations he's talked about some of the changes and i love the concept behind it mm-hmm. It's the theme is really well enmeshed into the game, and uh, it, it actually feels almost finished. There are just some things needs to fix, maybe some of the scoring, and then there's a couple of tracks like the budget track. You have to move up there to ha- um, you have to change the budget in order to have a larger number of cars to choose from to fulfill your script and produce them films, but. It's got elements of Trajan. It's got like the map portion of Trajan where you have to um, put a token in the ready area and then move it in to the map. And then from the map, you can move adjacent just like you can in Trajan. There was another area where it's got elements of Targi where you have to place two tokens on um, oblique sides. And then wherever the tokens match, you get to take uh, the token from that location. So, uh, Got lots of elements of different games, but it didn't feel like any other game I'd played. And it was really good. I mean, I loved it. Somebody needs to pick this up and produce it because it's <laughs> going to be awesome. It was a lot of fun. Cut that part out just in case. Yeah, I, pick I, am it up. Gl- I am glad that he's working <laughs> on, on thematically related things because yeah. me and Josh seem to be on the same page when it comes to those kinds of things lately. And he has a background in film, so the, that, that's why the theme fits really well with how he's designed the game. And then, um, and he was, I was talking with him, and he was talking about how he really wanted to make a game that actually had a game board. And so this one does have a big board that you play off of. Yeah. So that game was fun. It was really good. And then the last game I played was Spires, which is going on to Kickstarter this week and is designed by the illustrious TC Petty. And Get out of here. Several more games. That's, a, that's an up and coming <laughs> designer. And <laughs> And so that was the first time I'd ever played it with the Spires art as opposed to the older version. Yeah. And uh, uh, the first few, I played the other, what was it called again? <laughs> what? I hope no one ever the, remembers, the, but it was, oh, called, it was called yeah. Destruction of the Gods, Destined, Destined Factions. Factions. Right, okay. Yeah, so I played that at Unpub this year, and I played it twice 
because I played so bad the first time, and the second time I played even worse, and I was just so mad at the game. And I played it this time, and I I don't know if it's just because I've played more trick-taking games, because, you know, it's a different take on trick-taking, but uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and the art's really great, too. So, TC, that game is very smart and clever. Like, I I think it's a great little game. You just got to think about where it's coming from. Yeah, well. One of the most humble people ever. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I wish TC Petty III all the best. That was all of the games? That's, that's all the games I got to play. I had to leave about an hour before it ended. But um, it was so busy. There were so <coughs> many people there, and then... Every so often, if you played a game, you got your name got put into a raffle, so people were winning games, and uh, so yeah, it was it was a good time. Yeah, I, just, I really That's... hate. Go ahead. No, no, they. Do, I mean, every time you talk about like an unpub there, they do it. They do it a, re- a really good job, and it's kind of like a nice event too. Yeah, and it was yeah. really packed too because we had a bunch of tables, and then there were a couple of tables reserved because it was a Saturday. So there were a couple of tables there reserved for D and D players. They had to set up tables outside for some Magic players to have some place to play, and then there was an a side room where I guess a Warhammer 40k thing was going on with all these miniatures and stuff. So I mean, there was just people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm really I'm really pleased at how these unpub minis are turning out, especially you know, by the the at least the the stores who are really embracing it and doing a good job with it. I mean, obviously the, the, the one at battlegrounds with last year was a blast and it was such a good crowd and I had such a good time. And again, I hate that I missed it. And we've been really successful. Um, you know, Matt and Marcy Wolf have, been, have done a great job of coordinating uh, the one at atomic empire that we've had for the past couple of years. And that's been great. This year was huge. And they even brought in extra tables for us because they had an X-wing tournament going on that weekend. So, uh, it's, I'm glad. And anybody out there, obviously Daryl can speak more to this, but anybody out there who wants to pull off an unpub mini should definitely get in touch with unpub, uh, contact your local game store and, you know, work for it. Get some people out there, do some, some play testing. And it's a, it's a ton of fun. Right, Daryl? Yes. I'm, I'm nodding my head. As <laughs> he's not, he's great radio. It's great yeah. radio. So, um, can I jump in before we get into the, the meat right sure. here? I want to also say, like, uh, thanks to everybody. I, I went to a design weekend this weekend, and that's why, like, I was actually close enough to go to this unpub mini. Like, I'm DC, so it was like an hour oh, yeah. away, maybe. Mm, but yeah, an hour and a half. Yeah. One of the people went down because he lives closer to that area. So Austin from one of the doctors. Yes, books. I did see him. Yeah. He was there at the game house, and then he went down. And so I was at some... There's no name for this convention. It's the unnamed game design weekend thing that, like... We did this a lot, like, about a year and a half ago before. And it was just at Ben's Ben's house or whatever. And then we just all stayed there and, and did this thing. And, and that was pretty crazy because we were all s- smashed together. This time, they, they rented a house... For the weekend and it's a huge house i mean we had 15 people all in beds and no one had to share right so it's like a big house and we had a great weekend just doing stuff and it got me re-energized and wanting to do more stuff and uh, uh special special niceness to nat and austin for sitting there and playing my first prototype and first play test of my father's work which is my like 
hybrid Euro mad scientist game <laughs> that tells the story of a town, right? While you're also doing the young Frankenstein thing over multiple generations. And all that stuff's going on at the same time. And we went through the entire game and it took a long time. And they stuck it out and they actually told me they wanted to keep playing. And that was great. So I just, I, I'm meeting everybody. And it was just a huge, awesome weekend for me. And it got me re-energized to do stuff. And me and Nat now have an idea for a game that was based off of some simple card game idea. And hopefully that, that pans out and that'd be awesome. So yeah, I think, I think unpubs and getting together and doing design and even just play testing other designers games, like opens your eyes to all kinds of cool stuff. So even if you're not a designer, it's super fun to go and play test games. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. That's the point. So so do it. Just do it. Because if we didn't play test games, then the game industry would collapse. (laughs) Well, that's not exactly (laughs) true, but... Shut up, it's true. I said (laughs) it. Everything would be Star Wars. I said it, and... You are literally hearing it on the internet, so therefore it is true. It is right. true. The, the good game industry would collapse, but uh, all the other mass market produced crap would be out there. So, well, I didn't say that. Oh, my God. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, tisk tisk. I know. All right, so we're going to wrap this elitist. up. <clears throat> so super elitist. I'm surprised it didn't come out of TC's mouth. Anyway, so we're going to wrap <laughs> up this portion and move on to the media podcast. I'm going to hand the reins over to TC. Oh, man. Yeah. We are all seasoned, jaded gaming veterans nowadays. But when we first started out, every single board game was amazing. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was amazing. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And, I do. <laughs> and for a while, since everything was unique and wonderful, opening up that cardboard-scented play thing was pure joy. And we played every single type of game, and we loved every single type of game, and they were all great. Well, the honeymoon is over, people. <laughs> Because after a few months, years, however long it took, we started to develop this thing we call taste. And I developed it at a very high level. And soon, Gosh. soon we were turning our nose up at games. Whether it was because of a mechanic we didn't enjoy or a theme we had grown to loathe. Because it was too nice or too mean or too mathy or too random. Suddenly we could pretty much look at the box on the shelf and know if it was going to be a game we liked. It's and... funny because you're reading all of this, and I'm interjecting here. You're saying yeah. we a lot when it really should just be TC could no. barely play anything. That is not true. I is... no, this is all this is all straight from his heart. He's not reading a single thing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to say. I'm trying to make a point. It's terrible that you do this, Daryl. Because. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Daryl, we started missing out on some of the, those great hidden gems that are good for almost everyone, despite their mechanics or general, genre, general, general. or play style. Uh, games which are the exceptional exceptions. You'll get what we mean really quick. TC means. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, what, that's why we called this one. That's why. That's why. We have it called, you know, this is the one that's about the exceptions that make the rule. Because is this the, the one where TC riles feathers. <laughs> I, hey, no, this is these are all good except for the end where we'll we'll switch it up and then we can then we can get mean. I'm, I'm ready. Bring it. No, no, this is good. Like, I mean, is Daryl? 
I wrote down. This is the thing, right? When I wrote, you wrote down, down my this... stuff for me, I so I took that as a lead-off point. <clears throat> yeah, I owned so... it and ran with it. No, and this is this is almost a, a subject really that that Daryl is almost excluded from because when I wrote down his general like I don't like these types of games, but I like this. I just wrote I love everything, but I love. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea behind this is that we're going to take some of these these uh, genres that we may you might like this right you might like I'm, I'm this is the thing like if you're reading this daryl and you see like i hate classic games which is the first one we'll get into like cl- quote classic games i hate classic games um you might like classic games i don't care if you like them or not these are this is just a suggestion we're trying to come up with suggestions for people who do not like these types of games but give them one of those types of things that they do. They probably would like, okay. even even if that wasn't the case. So like, okay. So for example, so like we'll do a for example, right? Like I hate, uh, and this is not. I mean, we don't actually. I I don't hate classic games, honestly. But we'll just. This is the general thing. If you di- dislike classic games, which game would you love? Which game might someone love, even though they dislike classic games? And I said. One of my picks for this is Pit. Pit is a classic game, like one of those classic old games, but I think it still holds up today. It's like real time. You are trying to collect a certain... You're trying to corner the market in a commodity, whatever it is, like rice or wheat, whatever. It it, it's very, seems very dry, but when you start playing, it is instant like explosion of excitement. Everyone just... The only way you can trade with somebody else to try to get the things you need is to trade sets of cards and you yell out the number that you have and trade with someone an equal number. So if you say two, I need two, two, they'll give you two cards of the same type and you give them two cards from your hand once you've decided to. And so for me, because it's real time and you're just trying to get eight or nine cards, whatever it is, nine cards of the same type in your hand and then ring the bell in the middle, it becomes this frenetic, instant crazy thing that has i guess set the tone for all real-time games and how they work for years but i still go back to it and i can still play this with people and as long as you don't use like the old school rules where you say hey we'll just play to like a thousand points you could be there for four hours playing if you do that but like if you just play to a reasonable amount like you could be playing for like like 30 minutes and it's a great filler experience i like pit a lot but and i would say if, if you haven't played pit and you're afraid of games that are like Monopoly or Scrabble or Twister. Pit's a good good option from like the old old times. So there you go. So that's that's what I mean. That was the classic example. So got it. I agree um, with did, okay, group. But anybody else have a classic game that you think people would still love if they don't really like classic games? They only like new games. Scrabble. It's the original words with friends. <laughs> It is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for a second about Scrabble. I think the Scrabble is probably one of the best classic games out there. However, that said, I'm really good at Scrabble. So, but the problem with Scrabble, unfortunately, is that you can play with somebody who's a Scrabble savant, and which I'm pretty darn good at Scrabble. But you know, if you're if you're not good at Scrabble and you sit down and play with somebody that's really really good at Scrabble, they're not really gonna have much fun. They're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna maximize every point. They're gonna know all the little one and two letter words in the Scrabble dictionary, and you're gonna get obliterated. So, mm-hmm. 
And that's fine if you're a competitive Scrabble player, but if you're sitting down just to play a casual game and all of a sudden somebody who's played Scrabble for 25 years and was on the circuit sits down with you, you're going to be like, oh, crap. <laughs> yep. You know, what, what is that? There's that country in, in Africa that that's like their, their national game. Yeah. I can't even remember what country that is. It's like right on the gold, the Ivory Coast, Ivory Coast, Gold Coast. Yeah. There was yeah. a guy that competed in Scrabble. This is recent. Uh, I believe in France at a a France national tournament and won. And he didn't know a lick of French. Ah, so he just he memorized. He just memorized. He knew the yeah. Yep. He knew the, knew the words. That's yep. fascinating. I'm going to posit a game, and I'm going to use a little bit of historical context to back this up. I'm going to posit that Millbourne is a good classic game. Now I know it's very random. And it's a but it's a game that you can hold on wait hold on it's game, no, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up with some empirical evidence because there's a certain person on the podcast that fell in love with Millborn and was one of the gateway games that led her into more of the games and wanting to to buy more games. So I would like to say that that was Jessica. So is it true? Is this true? I think I think she's going to deny it. For me, it doesn't classify as a classic game because I had never heard of it until I was thirty-four years old. <laughs> Thirty-five. It is, it is a classic game because it's a it's a game that has existed for I mean, gosh, well, original you know, uh, uh, touring, which is a, a variation of Millborn, but I have an original touring game from the nineteen twenties. So it's just ever since there's been automobiles, there's been a variation of Millborn around. Now it is very random, and it, but it's one that's not meant to be taken very terribly seriously. But if you sit down and play it with people, it can be a gateway game. It can be like, wow, this is fun. This is cool. Let's play something else like this. And you play, you know, other games. That's all I'm saying. All right, I can deal. I can deal with that with a, a, a gateway game. And you don't have to be a genius to play Millborn. You know, where a Scrabble, Th- that's that is that is true. That is true. Where a Scrabble, you do. Not you so, don't have to be a genius, uh, but yeah. <clears throat> Um, so I had some that I, I listed here that uh, that are like in like different genres. Maybe we could, maybe there's some that we can like talk about like, real quick. And then so so like um, a lot of people they feel uncomfortable around party games, mm-hmm. right? So the, the yeah, I, I don't know there's some of it. Like Jessica, I wrote yours in. <laughs> Where? <laughs> so the, no, no, the the. That I wrote for you oh, that you hated Spyfall social game. Oh yeah, right. Um, it for someone. So that sounds like a party type type game. What what kind of party? What what do you like that is in the vein of like a Spyfall style social deduction game? But you still, but you still really like. All right. So I'm gonna read the sentence. I like the sentence. I hate Spyfall style social games, but I love the original Werewolf. Hmm. And you mean by so, original werewolf, just the parlor game of werewolf? Yes, where it's over multiple nights as opposed to the one night. Right. Okay. Yeah, my group, we have so much fun playing this, especially we've gotten to know each other really well through this game. And uh, it's just fun to, like, Carol, you're always a werewolf, so we're going to kill you. And it's just, I don't know, it's just fun. Even though there's not too much deduction in it, a little bit, but uh, it's just fun. Even though, and anybody can play, it's easy to play, and you can play with a lot of people, so 
yeah, yeah, love it. And, and social lubricant. I mean, what can you say about it? Other yeah. Than that? Yeah. Everybody can play it and it's really easy to play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but uh, how about for people? What do you guys think for like people that might like dislike a werewolf or that kind of experience, like where everybody's getting into it? I, I kind of put like for myself, like I do like code names and, and stuff, but like uh, I was trying to think, is, is that something that someone who really d- dislikes party games would still love? I, I, I do. And I generally dislike party games and I, I really like code names. But I don't know if that that counts that might be too gamery i think i think code names might be slightly gamery but i think it could still be still be applicable in my opinion i mean obviously the greatest party game of all time in my opinion is time's up title recall Title recall uh, but it, it can sometimes put people on the spot which some people don't like about party games but there is a party game and i would recommend anybody checking out time's up Re- title recall at least once i've never played any of those it's so good <sighs> it's just the best yeah uh, but there is another game that can sometimes, and you can play if somebody's like a little shy or they don't want to like be the spot total spotlight that you can play that actually is really good, and it's Reverse Charades, and that is a game that comes out where instead of just one person is up being the spotlight of somebody guessing, it's an entire group of people trying to act something out, and one person is guessing. So if somebody doesn't necessarily uh, feel comfortable doing the whole spotlight thing and they're a little shy they can be part of the group acting something out so it's the entire group it's not just them but they don't necessarily always have to be the guesser or be on the spotlight of trying to guess so it takes some of the pressure off that and i've seen that be used in um, large groups where some people have been shy but they've kind of opened up and been in a show because it's a group of people acting things out together as a charades um, scenario so i highly recommend reverse charades i think at least in my opinion I can see that because you could sit off and like even if you're part of the group that's acting and not you can just, just like, laugh at the people that are acting. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, yeah. You can be a part of it, but it, like yeah. you might have, but it also builds confidence too because I've seen people play reverse charades and they're a little shy at first, but then the people are acting some stuff out, and all of a sudden they get an idea and they jump in, they do something, and the person guessing gets it because of them, and they're like they feel good about that, and it makes them more comfortable because it's a group. It's a, it's where a group of people are looking stupid rather than one person singled out. And yeah. I think it's a really a brilliant turn on the whole charades concept. I think that's good. All right, so we'll we'll keep it going. So I so how about this one? This one was really hard for me because it's on my list of of things that I have uh, I have uh, trouble trouble getting my head around. And this is like I hate Euro game people that dislike Euro games. I had this over the weekend, right? Like some people that just we're talking about like game designers that were just like, oh, I can't play any Euro game. It's just too much like this and that and too much thinking and not enough hitting. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, what could, what can I recommend to them that they might like? And I am, I, this might escape me. I, the only idea I had was eclipse. Um, wow. Ooh. Yeah, I think, and, I think you might be right, though, because it does skirt the the, the line between Euro and Ameritrash. Um, oh, oh, crap, crap. Yeah, I had Eclipse and, and uh, just a deck builder. <laughs> I don't know what what mm. specifically. Maybe not Dominion, but, like, things where you get to... Ta- there's a de- There are a lot of deck builders where you they turn it on the head and you get to kind of, like, mess with each other. And it's not all thinky. So, like, maybe, maybe that. Nightfall. Nightfall might work. Is is it good? I enjoyed it when it first came out. There were way too many expansions for it, but I thought the system was cool. Okay. Yeah. So maybe something like that. Anybody else have an idea for someone that just absolutely hates Euro games? What a game that they might love in that genre? Well, I said Eastbound. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to mention East Behind, but uh, besides <laughs> East Behind, and and I say this with a grain of salt, but I truly mean it. Probably Sive. I mean, there's a lot going on in the game, but at the same time, it's still fairly straightforward. So if somebody doesn't really like Euro games, they like more like the Ameritrash type of uh, themes and some things they can do, they could focus more on the combat-oriented aspects of, of Scythe, and they don't necessarily have to always be min-maxing their resources and stuff. So I think they could, they possibly they could that you could uh, get somebody interested in playing Scythe that doesn't like Euro games. I think I'd back that up. I think I'd back that up because it's so, it's one of those games that looks heavier, you know, like a lot of, it, it, it's got that dry look of a lot of Euros, but once you get into it, it's not, it's very easy to pick up. Um, so it's got that going for it. So I, I, I will back up that option, that, that selection there. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Batting 100 tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, that no, was no, a the, tough the, one though because there, I mean, there are some hybrid euros out there. Well, like okay, Lord, let's say Lords of Waterdeep. I mean, that's kind of the classic one. I yeah, mean, but does do people who like really hate this? Well, I guess you're right. They, even the theme helps, like oh yeah, help get get rid of that. Like I'm, I like euro games, but I don't, I don't really like Waterdeep that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um. Any, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, if unless there's something crazy, another crazy good example. How about the opposite side? Like, uh, this might be for me. Like, I I hate Ameritrash games, but I love, I love, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I said, uh, Eldritch Horror. I know you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna say what are you talking about. But it's a co-op, and anyone who's played Pandemic is like, oh, what, what co-op's out there? Now, Pandemic Legacy could also kind of re- relate to that, I think, a little bit. Because I think people who might yeah. hate Ameritrash games might at least get into Pandemic Legacy because it's got a story behind it. But Eldritch Horror is very approachable. It has a story, but it also has some very strategic elements, obviously, in how you plan things out and how you work with the group that I think some people who might hate Ameritrash games might get into. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Jessica, have you run into any Ameritrash games like that word, like uh, any t- t- those types of games, American style games that you I, you find that you, you really enjoy? You cannot ask me this question because I still cannot tell the difference between Ameritrash and Euro. <laughs> Don't worry. The line just, gets blurry for me I, from that, time to time. And so I just can't, I can't even, I don't even know what to classify games in. So I just, I just can't even. Okay. Can't yeah. Even. I, yeah, no, I, I understand. <laughs> I I understand it too, and I think a lot of things are getting like I think it's an old term, but at it's the same time, very I, quickly an old term, yes. Yeah, uh, but I, I think at the same time, it's like they they're just the the flashy, crazy games that have a lot of crazy swinginess just for the fun fun of rolling dice and, and having fun with friends. Why well, can't they just be games? <laughs> right. Thank you. All right, games, but I love. <laughs> All right. Well, I just said Eclipse again. Because I think Eclipse fits both of them. I think it does. Too. But it, that's because it's a hybrid. It is. Anyway, so how about this one? Because I think, Chris, gen- generally speaking, you don't <laughs> like, deck, uh, don't care for deck I builders. don't care, and I actually added that down in my personal list. Uh, yes. I, don't, I don't care for deck builders, but I do love, and I mean this genuinely, DC deck building. 
Like, I just have a good time with that game because it's not, it's very relaxed. It's very chill. It's not like I have to min-max every single thing that I do. I get to be the Flash if I want to. You know, it's just like, it's just fun. And it's like, you don't, and you don't have to even know deck building to really get into it and be competitive. I mean, yes, it has some aspects of like Ascension and a little bit of Dominion and some of the other deck builders, but it's not as uber competitive as those other games are. It allows you to kind of just go in and build something fun and have fun playing the game. And sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. And so I think that's a very relaxed atmosphere to have in a deck building where uh, sometimes in some of the more competitive ones like Dominion and Ascension, you've got to really be on your toes and know like all the card distributions and all these different things in order to stay competitive. And I don't think that's the same. It doesn't feel the same way to me playing DC deck building. I think that's fair. I mean, if you don't want to play an actual game, you can play DC. Oh, man. Daryl, but Daryl, you wrote in, and I was surprised because I didn't know that you loved deck builders. I, I thought that you might like be sick of them, but I didn't know that you loved them. So, yep. yeah. So, if you loathe deck builders, what do you possibly? <laughs> what could you possibly like? Uh, you do want me to say what I wrote here? Yeah. Oh, uh, salmon run, <laughs> which is an old gem. Good luck finding it, being it's out of print. And it was a very, very small print run. But it is a good game. Yeah. It was the first deck builder that uh, made... It was a, it was classified as a deck builder game, but the deck building took a backseat to the game. It was just like a side thing that you had to do, and it didn't detract from the gameplay itself. It actually advanced it in a weird way. And I just... I, I liked it from that. You may laugh, you may heckle, you may sneer... But uh, I I quite enjoyed Salmon Run, it and I still in, do. It was in the same era of Princes of the Dragon Throne, which does deck, deck building pretty well too. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, Eric Control deck builders. I I, I love deck builders when they're just deck builders, but when they bring in something else that kind of masks or gives that spoonful of sugar with the deck building, like look, you hate deck building. But look, it's area control, or look, it's racing. It's like, okay, all right, let's try it. That's why I kind of didn't include those because they're not true deck builders. Like, you know, I was trying to think of something as a pure deck builder because, like, Rococo is technically a deck builder, but it's really not. But it is, but it's not. You know what I mean? I haven't played Rococo, so no. Oh, Rococo's great. Yeah, the deck building is pretty important. It is, but it's not the crux of the game. Do do you have any anyone's Jessica that you think people who might like dislike deck builders might actually like that even if it's even if it's like Rococo like because yeah. I think that's fair I think like it doesn't have to be specifically a deck builder but I haven't played enough uh did you, yeah well because you, you were talking about the other week you were talking about like automobiles right yes yes oh, yeah. is that is that is oh, yeah. that do you think that's I, yeah. different enough to to make it. Uh, Something that people who don't like the deck building thing like it instead. I think the, I think the randomness of the cubes, and then the fact that it's racing for me overshadows the fact that it's deck building. Yeah. Um. So and and I love the heck out of that game. So that's totally one for me, I guess. So it might be something for people to try who yeah. just like dislike that mechanic because I mean, at least you get to, at least it's cubes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, ba- it's, a, and it's a bag builder, but it's close enough. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so well, this one's hard for me, uh, I, and I'm, I'm just going <laughs> down the general ones. I'll do the general last three real quick, and then we can get to specifics and go to the next things. But um, this one's really hard. I don't know. 
the answer to this one other than something really short. But uh, it, for someone who hates Take That Games, I hate Take That Games, and I actually do hate Take That Games, but I love. What do you think someone who hates Take That Games would love still, but even with that in mind? <laughs> I, I can throw be, out one. I, I can throw want, out one I don't that want to I be know. Self-serving, but you go ahead. Okay, I, I I just threw out love letter, and the reason it's not even really take that, but wow. at the same time, you say, "I point at you, Jessica. Yeah. You're the prince, <laughs> and you're out." If that's the case, right? Like you yeah. could just be so out then, on the first turn. What would Koo be into this? I think Koo would fit this more than love letter. Then does 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 Koo? I guess you can assassinate whoever you want, right? Yeah, yeah and, you're constantly lying. You're doing whatever you want to try to manipulate and beat everyone else. I would throw. I would say coup over a love letter. Okay. So is it what? What makes these two like? They're both like micro games, like that that genre. Like, yep. is it the length that makes it okay, or is it just the fact that it feels more? I think. Well, for me, with coup, I think it's the originality of it when it came out. Like, that was kind of a new thing. Uh, and now there's been a couple copycats that are like, oh, look, it's borrowed off of Coup. But that was, like, unique gameplay. Uh, the whole environment that it kind of creates while playing it, the stories that you have afterward, just make that one a, a good game. Okay. Because I can't think of any ones that, that go, like, if they're short, I'm like, I'm okay if someone does something really mean to me. Yeah. But man, if it's longer, hey, how about a oh. longer one? I'll throw one out there that I think okay. we probably would all agree with, and that is survive. Okay. <laughs> I've never played that game. I, don't even I know yeah, I have never played it, but uh, the, everybody I seems totally, to still give it a pass. Totally agree. It's. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you guys need to play survive, but it is literally wow. one that has stood the test of time, and when it was re-released, of course, by Stronghold Games. It, there is a lot of take that in that game, but the problem is, is like you just don't get mad because you know the next turn you're going to be able to roll the dice and like be, oh, well, you you sunk my ship and yep. you put my guys out in the water while I'm going to eat one of your guys in the water with a shark. You know, and it's like, it's fun. It's just, you know, everybody, nobody really takes it. They don't take it to heart because like, you know that it's just chaos in the water. So it's awesome. It's just fun. Yeah. I guess Lifeboat would not be a good well, one. Lifeboat is not a good one. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a a friendship-ruining game, right? We only recommend Lifeboat to people who have very, very thick thick skins. And I was actually talking about that game with a friend of mine this weekend, and they were asking about it, and I said, don't do it. I said, don't do it unless (laughs) I'm there to to kind of run the table and mediate because you're going to lose some people if you try to do it otherwise. (laughs) Okay, so short ones or it's... All in, like all in. all in, take that, right? Well, the one I would suggest is Council of Blackthorn, which I don't like take that, and I loved that game because in addition to there being some take that, there's a bunch of other stuff you're doing too. So it doesn't take precedence, but it is something you have to manage because if you end up with the most um, treason, then you end up getting beheaded at the end. So you're also, whenever you get any, you're also trying to pass it off onto other people. So... Um, so I guess a game that has that aspect but it isn't entirely enmeshed in that might be a good one. I think like like what you're saying, Terraforming Mars has some take that in it, but Terraforming Mars overall as a game is really solid 
not everything that you do is going to be take that, but there's going to be a couple of cards that are going to be take that moments. But yeah. It kind of polices itself on the table and every now and then it can leave you feeling a little raw, but at the same time, it's not overwhelming for the game. Yeah. 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 All right. So, so last two and they're really tough. This one, I, this one, I don't know the answer. I don't think I actually legit have an answer to this one. <laughs> I do. And it's, I, I hate rolling move games, but I love, and what's, what is your answer, Chris? Can't stop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I, that game is so awesome. <laughs> I think you've made that even fair. Come on now. <laughs> Is that even fair? It is Mine was. Fair. I, I put I put uh, you know the Celestia game on just as a joke because I was like you roll, but then <laughs> you might move or you won't, right? Like I was like, eh, okay. that's not a roll and move. I Mr. know Bacon's Big Adventure. Oh God! <laughs> exactly. That's a classic. We played that what Prescon three years ago? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't oh, played God. a traditional roll and move game in. Four it's more of a ever. spin and move, but it's the same kind of principle. Yeah, you totally roll and move and can't stop. So I'm sorry <laughs> that can't. <laughs> that is okay. Right. Oh, okay, so I will give you that because a lot of people who get used to the fact that like I don't want to play after they get into games, they're like, I don't want to play a game that's like you roll dice and move anymore, right. and can't stop is one of those that would be like, well, look at this one, and they'd go. <laughs> And they'd go, well, that well, one's okay. I there, there's one more traditional roll and move that I think we can all agree that would probably be a good suggestion for this. And that's Power Barons. What is that? <laughs> You're making stuff up. No, I'm not. <laughs> making stuff up. No, we, play, we played it. It's got one interesting thing. It has a really interesting mechanic in it. You're right. But the roll and move part is not that interesting of a mechanic. <laughs> anyway. Oh man, yeah, but I'm I'm telling you, it's hard. Like I, there was um, recently, there was the Magical Athlete game. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I, which I hear is is fun, but still, even then, like a lot of people just dislike it because of that aspect of it. And uh, that's a tough one. Like it is. Tough. Uh, some, someone's gonna bring it back. And e- there was even like even attempts with like that Knuckle Bones game, but even that is so. Just so far rattle removed. Bones, rattle bones. Yeah, rattle bones. Doesn't you build your Isfahan has a roll and move aspect? <laughs> oh yeah, Isfahan. Yeah. yeah, totally. What? It does. The landlord. Oh. Yes. Oh it... gosh. Isfahan's uh... <laughs> the answer for all these. Yep. All these <laughs> things with the roll and move. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I... this game is weird. <laughs> I just so yeah, roll and move. I don't know that stuff. But oh, okay, last one. I hate educational games. Oh, this is easy. But I love compounded. That's a that's the one I put on, but I put a question mark at the end. <laughs> it's totally educational. <laughs> it's educational if you apply it and you put it into a science class environment and you teach it as you play, but it doesn't necessarily teach you anything. Um, it, it it teaches you compound real world compounds. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, it's it, like it, a it's more of a hey, what makes up you know hydrogen peroxide? Oh, it's this you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you could learn that, but it's like on reflection. Yeah, 
But at the same time, it could be used as an educational game. I just I think about those educational games like the Ungame. Oh, you know where what? they're trying to get you to talk. I have an, I other. have one that could it could work. Oh, oh, you already named it. No, Fauna. Fauna could work. Oh, Fauna definitely would work. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good oh, one. Oh yeah, what about the timeline games? Timeline. Oh, yeah. Yep. You go. Okay. Yeah, those yeah. are actually good. Good job, guys. Really yeah. So, uh, for people that don't that haven't heard us talk about Fauna, Fauna is that is a game where you you put out a new type of creature, and each turn, like it has a card, and it just gives you like a picture and the description of the cre- creature, and you then guess, or maybe you know, but usually not. You guess where in the world it might be. So there's a big world map, and you put a cube on it to like guess that you're you're in that area or at least nearby. And then you're trying to guess its like tail length or its like height or its weight, and trying to get as close as possible. In TC's uh, case, always tail length. Always tail length. Yeah. Tail length savant. <laughs> Isn't there the new one that's based off of this called America or something? Isn't that similar? Yeah, that's that's another one. I don't yeah. know if that one's as, as educational, but maybe I don't know. Maybe. Like that's maybe from it just teaches you. Bezier games, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, those are good. Yeah, timeline, fauna. Is there any other thing? Oh, oh. I think those are good. Yeah, because all the other ed- educational games just are kind of rough. Yeah, well, that, that's the issue. A lot of educational, like real educational games, are very roll and move and repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's it's trying to teach you while playing a game. Like, look, it's teaching. We're fun. We're having fun. We're learning stuff. But it's never the case. So before I, I gave you some of, I filled in some of your own tastes for you, <laughs> but but uh, before we get to some of that, uh, do you think there's any of these genres? Because uh, I listed a bunch of these, and maybe listeners have some ideas as well. I'm not sure, but because uh, you always have great ideas. But at the same time, are there any genres or this types of things that people might hate, but they just you can't can a I, genre can that I, you just couldn't save? Can I throw one out and see if you guys can find one? <laughs> okay, because right, I have it written down here. Uh, I hate games with blind bidding, like Revolution. So, what would I like? Uh, Viva Java. That's not really. That's not bidding. You're not oh, bidding. You're, right, you're voting. It's blind voting. All right. Yeah, that's vote. That's a voting game. That's a voting game. Bidding. All it's right. like you're bidding and you're gonna lose it. It's yeah. Hmm, blind bidding. Oh wait, wait are you wait, are you sure on. you you don't like the, it when it's the warehouse game? Warehouse fifty one. I'm okay. I hated it. Oh, that was great. <laughs> oh well, then that means I'm gonna like it. Yeah, <laughs> that means I am I going to you. love this game more than anything. I hated it, and I want to sell it. But opposite it's game tastes, except for Fell. It's amazing. There's got to be something. There's so many blind bidding games that I love that you got to be able to like. But I'm trying to think what. We played a couple. I know that you didn't that you, you kind of like, but I'm trying to think what they well, are. Uh, Daryl, did you like? Do you do you, or do you not like that game? The um the the one uh, t- the hall Tammany Hall. Oh no, I do like Tammany Hall quite a, quite a bit. There, yeah, yeah. But but okay. So but the blind bidding is like a lot. There's a lot of blind bidding in that game. It's almost so much that each like each individual one is important. But like sometimes it's not not even important. Like you already know that you're going to win this or there could be a, like there's there's moments where it's really important and there's moments where it's just almost nominal 
Yeah. Is that is that okay? Like, is that what helps? Like, it's not that. Like, I guess they're... that's what helps. I, I think it's weird because like the bidding games and area control are the two types of games that I really rather do anything else than play. But it's weird because Tammany Hall is like both of those, and I like Tammany Hall quite a bit. Whereas hey, like, we win it, we win. But whereas <laughs> like, but here, here's the flip side. It's and nothing against Philip, but like uh, Revolution is both of those, and I don't like Revolution. Like, Revolution makes me want to flip a table every time I play it. I mean, I, I think that's so. fair, though. I mean, a lot of the stuff you lose in that game, it can be, uh, like, I mean, it's just, they, they picked it up, The Steve Jackson picked it up for a reason. It's a very, it can be very mean. Yeah. But it's like a very, you know, it's a very heady game on top of that. So I can, I can understand that. Why not? Okay. Uh, I, I listed games with, with memory, and I think yeah. uh, Chris Chris agrees that, yeah, that I was mine. a memory style game games where you where you flip something over and you have to then remember where that was. Take it to ride gonna... card game, huh? Have you played Open Ticket to Ride card game? Yeah, I don't like the Ticket to Ride card game. Okay. What which Open Sesame? Yeah. So what's this one? What is that? So there's one person that's kind of mediating the round, and they flip over a card. Everybody has to memorize, remember what it is. He flips it face down, then the person to the left has to say what the card is, and then the second person to the left has to remember the ne- the next two that the next one that gets flipped to. So the two, and then the third person from them has to memorize what the three are and list what they actually are. Oh, that sounds horrific! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'd rather poke my eye out with a sharp spoon. <laughs> And then you end up collecting things. You're trying to it's you're set collecting through the with the memory. And then you get points at the end for the sets you've collected and stuff. Yeah, but wait, you guys don't like memory games, but like you like uh uh Mystery on the Orient Express Express. Well, but but you're able to take notes and stuff, man. That's deductive. That's deduction, it's not totally memory. Yeah, I think one of the things that like it is weird too, because I was thinking about that too. Like I Maybe, uh, maybe if you don't like memory games, you can stomach things like Love Letter or Coup, where you have to remember social cues. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's fair, too, because, I mean, you also play, I mean, like, okay, let's talk about... But I can tell you this, if if we had to, if in Coup, you traded, like, roles with each other, and you were trying to remember which role I traded with, I would hate the game. I would straight up hate Coup if all of a sudden... Like I looked at someone's card, saw what it was, and then they switched it with someone else, and like there was swapping of roles. I'd just be like, "Oh my god, no, please! I don't want like I don't want to memorize. I want to like play the social part." Did you Did you guys play Three Wishes? Because that's memory, right? Yeah, I played Three Wishes, and I, I mean, I found it actually fairly straightforward. But it's like, um, I wouldn't play it again. <laughs> I played it once and won. I was like, "Oh, that was, that was cool," but it's not my idea of fun. You know, like, because I totally memorized what everybody was, and I knew what it was, but also went all social cues too, and what people did. So it's like, it's a combination thing. I mean, it's a cute game; it's fine if somebody likes that kind of game. But it's not a game that I really want to search out to play. Yeah, you could almost play that game without looking at any cards. You could just let everybody else look and (laughs) try to figure out from their reactions what (laughs) what a good or bad move you made was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which which that makes that one a little bit more okay right like but yeah i, I guess it's basically the sh- the shorter 
the more focused it is, I can deal with the small memory elements. But if I have to like, if I have to memorize something to play at a at a reasonable level, oh, so so I and I've realized from like playtesting games that like if you give someone one like their role to remember and then take away their card, they'll remember that. But if you give them two. They will not remember one of them. It's tough. It's tough. I will say, TC, I think that I do have something that you and I might agree that has some memory aspects that we both like, and that's hidden movement games. That that's true. I'm trying to think of one that where you don't where you don't get to write any notes. Well, I mean, you don't really get to keep any notes if you play letters from Whitechapel. I guess um, that's. And you've got to take you got to take into account, but you, you're normally unless you're playing one versus one, you have a group there and you can have the group think thing going on. But you got to kind of remember, well, you know, you know, Jack was over here, and then now these are the surrounding areas he could have been. I remember he went here, and then we went here. I mean, it's only it's not a ton, it's not a sensory overload, but it does have a memory element to it, which I think you and I both find kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna have to go with that. Yeah. Like the hidden movement games might be something that someone who doesn't like memory might like because yeah yeah it's totally it's all about memory and it yet for some reason it doesn't feel dis- like memory yeah the 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 startling discovery of the possible memory chain of things that you had to remember <laughs> then like piques your interest again ah oh, that's weird it is yeah, what you're if, right you win what about the game dark dealings have you guys played that yeah, I like Dark Dealings. Because because that has memory in it too. Because as soon as you place the cards, you need that one. To that one you have to, like. I found you have to give people like a second game, like because they go the first time they're like, I didn't know, <laughs> right, right. Like what I like, I I tried to get a strategy, but like I couldn't remember that like they came out in this order, and then mm-hmm. yeah, because if you're good, you can remember all of that stuff. Yeah, it's not a game that I will ever be super good at, but it's also one of those things that. Again, I think like TC mentioned that it's not an overly long game, and each round is a little bit different of a, of, of a game state. So, it's something that can, can change. But compared to something like like what well, we just mentioned, like a hidden movement game, and also uh, there are certain things you have to remember when we're playing something like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, where we have to remember clues that we got through a certain scenario that that relate to the thing in the whole. But I think that relates to the the whole psychological like chalkboard thing in your mind where you have stuff you've written here and you can cross-reference it a little bit later um, that's different than just a pure rote memory game. Yeah. yeah. And especially especially if, like, keeping track of what thing, things in your head people didn't say is part of it, then, you know, it's like the, the cue of, I said this, but that might mean that I'm saying it because I don't actually, I, I need to know that information. Right. And because I asked for that information, it's a good, I, unless I'm bluffing, it's a good, in, in, it's a good idea that I probably want to know that information and don't know the answer. So like, I like that stuff too. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. So no, so that's good. So now let's get a little bit more specific. So we had done a little bit of the specific things and I know Daryl had a few. And, uh, so I was, I, I didn't know you didn't like, uh, area control games. So, uh, Daryl, you had a few that are specific. So what are, what pick one that, uh, pick that one that you, you, you thought that you could help someone who has your similar tastes. Love. Uh, uh, you said area control. Yeah, I mentioned Tammany Hall because you just brought that one up. But uh, I don't like area control games, 
but I like Alien Frontiers. That does have area control. It does have area control. I just don't think think about it. <laughs> well, you have to have no, control of the area to have the ability, and then you have to get rid of all of your uh, little pod cities. So, yeah, you're not going to make. I think maybe it's just because you're not going to make huge major plays and swingy things to hurt each other. Like you'll make. Have you ever played Alien Frontiers? Dude? No, I I, I have. But I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying like you can you can hurt other people, but like it's not by like all of a sudden I get five guys. Like you have five guys in there, and you thought you had it, and then I just put like eight. Right? It's like you kind of uh, yeah. know that that person's working towards I, something, and when I've they screw you over, swings like that. I mean, not that massive exaggeration, but where you can easily have a, an area stripped away from you and then you know they're up two on it and you have to try to fight them to get it back yeah 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 and I, that that's legit i i think that's legit so i think it's just maybe that 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 when you get something there you feel like you have it at least for a little while long enough to like do something with it before it like just immediately goes away which might be why you like alien frontiers totally cool uh maybe who wants to go next? Uh, Jessica. 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 Do you have one on the list that we didn't talk about yet? Yes. I am not a huge fan of co-op games, but I love Creo from Cool Mini or Not. And what do you think? What do you think makes Creo slightly different that you might like? People who hate co-op games might like. It's because some of the information is unknown. Everybody has cards in their hands, but you don't know what everybody else has. And so you're still making a decision on your own without other people being able to interject. <laughs> I think that's the one thing I don't like is when people are trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> so I think that's the one thing I like about it. Okay, so you get you get a little bit more freedom and there's nobody to say, like, run the table. Yes. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> Well, at least it's kind of easy to blame other people for making a bad move when when something goes wrong. But uh, that that could be me too, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little war war going on on the Google yeah. page. Um, oh. Anyways, <laughs> no, I think that's I think Creo's dead. But but I put it on I put it on Chris's list because I knew he disliked co-op games usually. I do usually like dislike. Co-op no, games. he does not. I do. <laughs> He does not. No, he does he not. He always says it, though. That is Even so bullshit. That is total <laughs> bullshit. He, he's one of those people that constant. I constantly play co-op games, but I hate every one of them. No, he does not. <laughs> Time Stories. Sherlock. Um, let's see. Well, here's, uh, the thing. here's the thing, though. What's the French game that we play a lot? Um, <laughs> the French one. The French. Lake co-op. Uh, <laughs> yes, the French game. Yes, it is. Le Co-op. <laughs> no, no, no. The small box from Cool Mini. Grizzled. Grizzled. Here, <laughs> but here's a point, though, Daryl. Here's a point. I think, honestly, that co-ops are coming into a renaissance. And because I used to not like co-ops at all. I mean, I'll pl- I will play them because, I mean, I obviously will play anything. And I like to play with a group of people. And I'm fine with them, but they were never my favorite types of games, except for, back in the day, Arkham Horror, of course. Because it was a story game. It wasn't just necessarily co-op. It was 
a story game, and it had a story behind it. Eldritch is in that same that the same uh, kind of link. I just I have an issue with someone saying I don't like co-op games, but I love the very first co-op game. Well, dude, whatever. <laughs> you know that when Arkham came out, no other game existed like Arkham when it was a co-op. The only co-op game that I know that you used to like and now hate, and I think that's what's giving you the bad taste in your mouth for co-ops, is Resistance. What? Resistance you had is a not bad... a co-op? What well, are you smoking, yeah, you're dude? you're right. You're right. Pandemic, right? Pan- well, Pandemic. Pan- pandemic yes, but... He just overplayed Pandemic. Oh, Base game stand, Pandemic. I couldn't stand Pandemic I think, I, think, I think what really caused it was that whole thing. Like, Pandemic came out, and then just like Deck Builders, like... They were everywhere. It was cool to... Yeah, it was cool to play Dominion. It was cool to play Pandemic, but then once you played them for a while, like then everyone was like, "Oh, I made a new co-op game," and it, it you draw cards and you put cubes out on the board, and you gotta get rid of those cubes before the cards hit them again. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are two game states. Well, there are three, but there are two main game states. There's either cooperative games or competitive games. And would I rather play a competitive game? Nine times out of ten, absolutely yes, unless it comes down to a select few like Arkham Horror or Eldritch Horror. So I'm saying if there is somebody out there like me who would much rather play a competitive game or possibly even like, yeah, (laughs) uh, or possibly even like a a competitive game that is more, let's say, Ameri-centric or whatever, or story-based centric, then if you hate those types of things and you hate co-ops, this is for people out there, you would probably love Arkham Horror or, more streamlined if you want to get into it more easily, Eldritch Horror. Now, Launius, of course, is the exception to everything. Duh. So, it's like... But but there are there are other co-ops out there that I've played that I haven't really cared for. There's there's even, and I'm not going to... It's going to remain nameless, but there's a co-op that is a, uh, a Cthulhu-based co-op that I don't really care for. And it's just... Those are, those are the types of things. And I don't consider, like... Like you mentioned, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. That's not really a co-op game. Yeah, sure, you're trying to figure out a puzzle. All it is is it's an activity. It's a parlor activity. It's it's based around a certain thing that's happening, and it's not structured like Pandemic or something like it. So what the whole point of this entire exercise is for us to take into even to our own accounts and our personal accounts is I hate or I don't like certain things, but you might like it if you're the same way. And if somebody out there doesn't like co-ops, and the, but they like story, they'll probably enjoy playing Arkham Horror or Eldritch Horror. All right, now fight. <clears throat> All right, we're getting, fight in the cage. getting in the cage. What's the what's the what's the uh, the music from Star Star Trek when when Kirk's fighting the, the Gorn? I, 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 I want to know what this Lovecraft game is that you don't like. Is we played it together when oh. I was there with you. No, 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 no. We, we, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to this. Yeah. You are, you are skipping ahead, sir. Feels yeah, such a long episode. <laughs> this is not long. This is not long. This is worth it. Yeah, we well, are. I'm and we are almost, and we are almost to the end of it. Do not worry. Do not worry. We're gonna go over because we're gonna skip over a little bit because right. See, uh, right now, I'm just gonna throw one, and we're gonna go down one more, and then we are gonna do one little last little thing here which I think is funny. So I, I just wanted to say, you know, it's like, I don't, I uh, have, let's do this one. I hate board game spinoffs and IPs. I hate when they add something onto a board game or they make a new board game with an IP on it. Cause it always is bad. 
but I love, and Chris gave me this one right before the podcast, which was a really good one because I couldn't figure it out, and it was Spartacus. Spartacus! It is so not my type of game, but with the... I love that you can help each other do things uh, cooperatively. Like, there's a little bit of uh, helping each other and forming coalitions and stuff. But basically, it is brutal. And I just love the fact that I get to bet on, a, on the outcome of a battle that I am not necessarily involved in. It always makes me feel like even... And I, I, in many cases, I don't want to be involved in the battle because be, that'd be really bad. So I love negotiation, but I just also love betting. And I think it's just... Even with all that, take that and all the all the like, it's a HBO show or whatever. Was it HBO right? or Showtime? Uh, no, it was. Oh man, I don't remember what. Uh... Darn it. Okay, it was well not I'm HBO, scrolling. but it was it was it was an I just advanced. Remember, camera. it was naughty. <laughs> it was naughty. It was naughty. Yeah, but it says it says MA on the box too. So, but anyway, Spartacus. I thought that was uh, that was stars. very very. It was interesting. stars. Stars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's all just do one more, one more, and then we'll go to opposite day. So, D- Daryl, what what do you what are you what's the type of thing that you like that you might or that you hate that you might like? Someone might like. Okay, I don't like hidden hand co op games where I don't know what I have in my hand. Um, that's and specific. Yeah, but that seems to be the craze lately. It that's really true. does. And I actually put one down here, but as soon as I said this, I thought of a better one. Um, but <laughs> I like the game. <laughs> Jesus, there's three of them. There's Hanabi, the game, and Beyond Baker Street. No, there's there's a couple more out there now. Really? Well, the game, the game yeah. doesn't have the game is the you have a hidden hand. Yes. Hanabi, like, you have a hidden hand. Oh, okay, okay. So it it doesn't matter if it's hidden. Your own hand is hidden to you. It's just whenever other other people have a hidden hidden hand. Oh no no you're right. I wanted it to where I don't know my own hand. Oh, so it is beyond Baker Street. Right. <laughs> so there's just, okay. is it just those two? Yep. No, much. there's there's others out there. Mm-hmm, you name them. Abracadabra what? <laughs> it's true. It's that's it's true. one of them. Yeah, you're right. Um, but there's also like. I don't know. I've played a few. So, I've, the, the, what, what, it should, be, but what anyway. it should be said is I don't like Hanabi, but I like <laughs> Beyond Baker Street. Okay, there you go. I don't like Hanabi, Mom's but I like Beyond Baker Street. Robin salvaged that game to me. What does what does Beyond Baker Street do that makes you go, this is sweet, instead? Uh, I, I think with the, the variable player powers that it introduces with certain characters, I think uh, the whole... I mean, it, the fuse, like, try, you know, Sherlock beating it is very much the fuse, but just how it's integrated into the game a bit more, it just fits. Everything just seems to make more sense playing that. So it's like a more thematic related I, I guess, yeah, the theme to oh, it. Gosh, everything just... The theme is, like, so pasted on, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> well, well, like, the fireworks theme is not. <sighs> but oh, I man. love Is my sabbatical started yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to beat Daryl up more for that. All right, so I think that was a terrible choice, Daryl. Good job. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I I would like to play Beyond Baker Street. I'm, I was like, I was curious if it did anything crazy different because 
uh, a lot of people are saying that same thing that they didn't like Hanabi, so they like Beyond Baker Street. There are more but elements like Hanabi, of Beyond not... Baker Street. I think they have to manage. Yeah, it's 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 more in depth. It's yeah, meatier. It's great. I love it. Okay. So like a meteor ver. Okay, that's cool. Well, Chris, what what do you have uh, to help people with their decisions? I don't know which one should I pick. Um, I think you should do abstract, abstract or Nizia. Yeah, one of those two. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna do both of them real quick because I, I think they're both really good and they actually relate to each other. So I hate abstract games usually, but I do love Metropolis and. That's a good one. It is. Boo. You don't know what's good. <laughs> you don't know. Have you good. even played Boo. Metropolis? Yes. Yeah, she, she played it with us. She didn't like it. At PressCon. Yeah. Wait, Jeez. wait. Hold on. I need to give it a second Did play. Did you win? No. No. Okay. All right. Anyway, so she liked I it lost 20% that game less, so but that's bad. okay. <laughs> well, I like Metropolis because. It is very abstract, but at the same time, it has some, um, what do you even call it? Uh, Gumption. <laughs> no, well, it has some, it has bidding. It has hidden bidding, uh-huh. which I, I do like, but also. It might be just, maybe, maybe the, the, the fact that it's like, it's bidding, but there's also another game on top of that, which is like oh, yeah. this weird maze game that you're making. You are making, you collectively are making a maze and you're trying to figure out how can I use that maze to make me get all the good stuff and everyone else to not get the good stuff? Right. I think it's the, 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 the contingency patterns that are around what you're trying to build and trying to block people out, but at the same time, make sure you're able to go and uh, get into that particular part of the city. But again, it doesn't, you don't, it, it, you're building a city and there's skyscrapers, but they don't mean anything. They're just, they're just pieces. You know, it's it's an abstract game that has a theme, and I put theme in quotation marks behind it, but it's enough of a theme to make it interesting to me. And so I really like Metropolis. And so I'll go down uh, really quickly, but I, I usually hate Reiner Knizia games, but I do love Medici. That's so weird. Why? Because it's a bidding game, man. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that also makes no sense, because pretty much 90% of Knizia's games are... No, they're not. Bidding games. They are not bidding games. <laughs> what they are like? If they're not bidding games, they're like uh, some sort of weird bidding mechanic. No, they're not. no, they're not. They're not. They're <laughs> not. No, no, no. Now, Medici is not like any of Reiner's other games. I mean, he might have some bidding stuff and some bidding elements in a couple other games, but it's not like the same thing. Most of his games are all very cut and dry. And they have to do with math and all this other crap. And yes, Medici has math in it, of course. Yeah, but you're pressing your luck. You're trying to, to press up, uh, depending on how much you want to bid for a certain thing. It's very dependent upon the player versus the mechanic of the game itself, or playing the the actual uh, the system of the game. Like you know, something like Lost Cities. My God, bleh. but Medici's <laughs> like you're playing everybody around the table. You're, it's like you're playing a casino game, and you are. You're playing a casino game. You're like at a casino playing against the other players. And that's why it's fun. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, I still have not tried it, so someday I will try that one, and then hopefully, it'll it'll be amazing. Uh, and just oh. have you played uh, Kinesis Lord of the Rings yet? Me? Me? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I have. I, I yeah, I played it a few times. Okay. I have not. That one... It's co-op, right? 
Yeah, but yeah, it's... Yeah, co-op like, with Ryan and Kinesia together? Boy, well, get me into that game. I can't wait. See, here's the thing. <laughs> I would like, hey, when you come up, we should totally play it. And then you say that, and now I know when you sit down, you're going to be like, all right, let's just play and get there over There are at least <laughs> blah, blah, 150 blah. games that I would rather play than try that one out. How's that? Oh, See, this whole, this, <laughs> Daryl, this whole episode is exactly, that's, that's the whole point of this episode, is to get Chris <laughs> to stop being such a hater. And to to play some of these Nitsia games, I mean, he's got like seven thousand games, so you got to at least like, you know, point. Even if you like zero point one percent, there's still thirty games for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm telling I know you, that that, that math awesome. works out. It was, and, it was it, that was my gateway game. <laughs> and Jessica, I think you had one last one. Which one was that? I hate deduction games, but I love Dixit. I think it's a fine choice. And why? Do, and why do you think? Why do you think the the deduction in Dixit makes you like it a little better than like a, say some other like social deduction games or whatever? Um, it's a little bit more. Because it's very free form. I, I kind it of is free form that much, but but. Because everyone else has to throw in their own interpretation, I find it interesting. So, yep. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. I'm so tired. No, of getting no, here. and that's that's fine. <laughs> Let's get to the opposites here. So quickly. So now to change it up uh, and talk about genres and mechanic we love and the few games we miss. We think missed the mark and and. These are hard-hitting emotional deep cuts that I wrote for each player. So for each player, for each, for each person. Player. So for each person. So Daryl, mm-hmm. let's do your two. Okay. One of these was started for me. Well, uh, and it was yes. I love Lanius games, <laughs> but I hate. This is the first time I'm admitting this one out loud too. <laughs> run zombie run. Also, I'd like to ask, what is run zombie run? I'm sorry. <laughs> run fight or die. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending I'm sending Lonius this clip once we're done. <laughs> I knew I could get him to admit one. Just for for our listeners, I wrote most of these ones just to oh, just yeah. to mess with everybody. Run, fight, or die. And I even got the expansion when it showed up on Kickstarter with the big box. I'm like, maybe that'll help it. And I just, I don't know. It's You play it once, you're like, oh, okay, cool. That was fun. What else you got? Like, you don't want to play it again and again. And that's like, to me, that's a sign of a good game. It's like when you're just, like, you finish it, you're like, you know, crap, let's just play this again. So yeah, It might just be that it's like lacking on the story element right there. Usually, yeah. Lanius games have like a nice story arc and everything. It's much more about the yeah. nice play. Yeah, I mean, there, there are stories that happen, but you're eventually going to die. I mean, that's just all what the, the game's about. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought that was a choice. You could either run, fight, or die. Well, you could well, do all three, but you're eventually going to die. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's run, fight, or die, but die. Run, fight, or eventually <laughs> die. Yeah. Run, fight, and or eventually die. <laughs> 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 Oh, and uh, but you wrote in one for yourself, so is this a hard-hitting one? Uh, the other one is, I love puzzle games. As you two know, I just love puzzles. But I hate 
cannot stand will burn Karuba. Boo! <laughs> that, that is a boo. That is weird. Okay. I don't even hate Karuba. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. I do not <laughs> at all like Karuba. Well, I guess it didn't win Spiel, so I guess you were right. <laughs> See? They listened to me, man. <laughs> the one he liked didn't win either. <laughs> well, okay. Whatever, I guess. So, Chris. <laughs> now, these are the two that TC put in for me. I, re- knows... I gave you two questions that are hard-hitting questions. Are. He knows how to get to the quick. Um, <clears throat> I love Lovecraft games, but I hate Cthulhu Rising. I don't know how you could hate that. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> you don't even know what it is, do you? Isn't that the one that we played? Or was that? That was a different one. That's a different one. But I don't oh, like okay. that one either, and I'm not going to name <laughs> that one. Okay. But, I mean, it's not... Okay, that was not that bad, but... That one... Okay, so this one's worse this than one, that oh one. Oh, my God, yes. Wow. It's wow. all about... Oh, it's just numbers and a grid, and it's like, it's just pacing on theme, and it's like, they, but they have... They they taunt it as like, oh, you gotta have things aligned, or Cthulhu will come back and eat you, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, this is an old school... I mean, not old school, but about six years ago game that, that I bought and, and played, and oh, my God. No. Isn't that a Reiner Knizia game? Oh, gee. I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the next one then? Uh, okay. I love Steve Jackson games. Oh, this one hurts. Mm-hmm. I love Steve Jackson games, but I hate, and everybody, now, I, let's, let's just, TC loves to tease me because I like Steve Jackson. Because I do. And he said on this, Daryl Daryl just put in Car Wars. Yeah, right. My number one game of all time. Uh. What do we even have, have there we before? Have it, we have it on the Google Sheets. There we go. Right. Car Wars. Right. Now, I do love Steve Jackson games. I've always been a big fan of Steve Jackson. A lot of people don't. They take things too seriously. And TC put on here that says, but I hate, and he says, I can't say Munchkin. And I would yeah, not say Munchkin. Too, well, no, it's too, well, it's too easy, even if you could. Right. It is too easy. And, and I do not hate Munchkin. I don't necessarily want to play Munchkin, but I don't hate it. If somebody else, if there was a group of kids or new players or whatever that want to play some Munchkin, I'm like, yeah, let's play some Munchkin. I've got like four hours to spare. Let's do it. But, That's like half a game. Well, maybe. Yeah. Depends on if we house rules some stuff. But I love old school Steve Steve Jackson stuff. But I do I really don't like zombie dice. I just don't. I mean, it's like I mean, it's fine. I like dice games, and there are a lot of other dice games that you can play. And there were the, there was this whole rash of sort of the pressure luck sort of dice games based off zombie dice. We had Martian dice and so on and so forth. And I'm just like, okay, they're fine. You know, if you want to sit around and play, but I really, I'd rather play anything else. There are so many other good dice games you can play rather than the zombie dice. Now, that said, well, I it, mean, has, it has sold a bajillion copies. Exactly, and it sold a bit, even more copies as Trophy Buck right. in Cabela's. Which is genius. So. Again, Steve Jackson knows how to market stuff. The, the Steve Jackson games knows how to market stuff, which I, I do not fault them for. I just don't, I don't want to play zombie dice. I don't play Trophy Buck. So... <laughs> I don't know why you would. Um, hey, uh, so Jessica, what's your? F- I I only I wrote the first one. Did I write the second one? I can't even yes, remember. Yes, you did because I couldn't. Even, I had a hard time coming up with some for the second one. Okay, okay, so sweet. Let's All see. Right. So I love Feld games. 
but I hate Rialto. Amen, sister. It makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> you you guys just don't know what you're talking about, and you don't play these games fast enough. <laughs> I, at area control, I realize, is one of my least favorite things. And so, yeah, the, I've only played it once, and it made me want to cry. <laughs> Not just area control. <laughs> reductive area control that cuts off places that you could possibly have influence on later in the game, but you can't now yeah. because it's just cut off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to cry. And the second one is I love card games, which I do so much, and so I had a hard time finding ones I hate, so I just picked car games that had cards that were actually really other things, but I really hated Dungeon Busters. Okay. Uh-huh. Let yeah. me let me just put that that, that is disqualified because it, it has to it said card games and Dungeon Busters is not a game. So <laughs> I think that you need to choose something wow. else. Okay. So the other one is I love card games, but I hate Warehouse fifty one. By the way, let me just commend you on your lack of taste. So because <laughs> Warehouse fifty one is a fantastic game. Oh I hate uh, I played it twice and I hated it both times. I don't oh. mind Dungeon Busters that much. Oh, I Lord, I've played it a few times. Ah, I've played it a few times. Come on, ah, whatever. That's okay. But I still haven't played Warehouse Fifty One. But I, uh, I can. I'm glad that Jessica says that because it wasn't high on my list anyway. So I'm glad. It's the good job. Thing. I'm so bad at that. Yeah, I'm not very good at reading people, so stuff like that is really hard for me. So, and I thought, uh, well, yeah, exactly, and those are, yeah, all about bidding. <laughs> I thought people would sabotage me, but no one sabotaged me. So I just wrote two that two that I did, and I still don't have the good answer. Um, I was trying to think of something better than this, but whatever. Um, I love abstract games because I do, but I hate. And I definitely hate chess, but that's a really easy out. Yeah, but that's a very easy out. I mean, yeah, exactly. What about checkers? <clears throat> I was trying to think of other more prominent ones that I hate, and I'm trying to think of like any that I've played. Uh, I, like I definitely, go. I definitely dislike Go, and I definitely don't like the Duke. Maybe that would help. Oh, with the people. Duke actually would be a better choice because. Chess and Go and even, God forbid, checkers. Uh, and let's not put Chinese checkers into that list because Chinese checkers is brilliant. But those those types of abstracts have been around for a bajillion years. So it's like... Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, It's hard to be like, I don't like the confusion game that is that is it at every restaurant, like every Cracker Barrel. Oh, right. the, peg, the peg game, yeah. Yeah, the peg game or whatever it's called. Genius game. I don't. I don't even know what it's called. Um, but I don't like that. But like at the same time, so I'll go with yeah, yeah. So the Duke, I guess. And it's just because I, I even played a little version of it. I mean, it's cute because you flip the flip the the tile over and stuff. I guess. But it 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 just reminds it's it's like very chess like, and I don't like the oh you know what that there never never mind. I huh? I even <laughs> own this one. Ket the laser game. Oh, you don't like Ket? I do oh. not Ket, like Ket the laser game. Even and I think the, it's even because... Even lasers. Yeah, I love that the lasers is there. The, I love that the lasers is there. I love that the lasers <laughs> is there. But the game is just... I played it once and thought, oh, this is cool because of the lasers. But then 
It was just boring. It's like one move, and you get locked in these endless... You get locked into, like, cycles of infinite loops, and you're just trying to, like... Because you only make, like, very stilted maneuvers, like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work the way that you want it to. And it just makes me mad every time I play. Because I want it to be so cool because of all the lasers and stuff. But, yeah. So, yeah. I'm that gonna one say, I'm going to say that, um, just to mini my list for a second, that I said I don't like abstracts. But I think that I'm going to like Santorini. Well, that is... Uh, that, we could even talk about that. Because, man, that Kickstarter is one of my favorite Kickstarters I've, I've been on for a while. Like, that, it's I get great. updates from them. It's and, great. like, the updates are great. And, oh... Love it. Yeah, I'm, uh, can't, really super I, excited. I'm super pumped for that. Yeah, I am too. And, and it's one of those that I have not played, obviously, but after looking at not only production quality, but just the overall excitement and quality level behind the game, I think that Gavin Brown and, and team have done a great job with Santorini, and I can't wait to get the game. And it's going to look gorgeous sitting like on a table as a conversation piece. It's just going to be really cool. Yeah, and uh, the other one was I love Euro games. So... And I do, but I hate, and this one has over the time really started to grind my gears. And that is, <laughs> and that is Lahav. Viva Java? What? Oh. <laughs> Lahav. Viva, Viva Java is a hybrid, so, you know. That's right, you so can't count okay. it. Okay, can't count that one. That's right. uh, but Lahav, and the reason I say Lahav, uh, I love Uwe Rosenberg, and I love all this stuff, but I just, I hate loans and that game becomes all about how far deep you can go to push yourself forward and i just dislike that crazy past the point of zero investment to try to see how far you can then later use it very martin wallacey in that aspect it it does if you play it just casually totally fine but when you play it and you see people who are good at it play you're just like that is not the game i want to play and so, yeah, <laughs> too much, too much. Uh, and it's not the brain hurt. It's just the loss aversion and all the things that I dislike about like loans all in that game all at once. So there we go. I think we're done, though. But I think everyone has learned a valuable lesson that there is always a game out there, even for you, even if you don't like a certain type of genre. So grab the best grab games off the shelf. One game off the shelf. This is your this I think should be like the homework assignment for everyone listening still that they should grab a game off their shelf that they get off the, the, the game shelf and play it hopefully someone else's game shelf and <laughs> and if it looks cool even if it's outside of your wheelhouse just play it once and see if you like because you might actually like it just like food try every game at least once mm-hmm. yep and sometimes three times <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's bananas. Yeah. Oh, get out then, of here. Then have a banana every single every day. Every day of your uh, life. Never again. Oh, God. What are you... Never again? <laughs> Did you have a bad banana experience? Never. Make me Hashtag. gag. Hashtag <laughs> never banana. I said I had a bad experience. <laughs> Hashtag never banana. All right. And that will take us, since I am the one taking control here, that will take us to the end of a podcast. to dig into the last of the podcast and of course that means our notable kickstarters first up on our list 
is something that will be live by the time this podcast comes out, but is not currently live, but we'll have links to it, of course, with the podcast and with the notes of that on the Guild. And that is something that T.C. Petty III has been working on for a while. We mentioned on the podcast earlier, and Spires. T.C., tell us a little bit about Spires. Spires is a game about, is a card game a, uh, that takes about 15 minutes to play. It is for one to four players, which means there's a solo mode. mode. And in Spires, you are building columns of cards in different colors, which represents different beautiful spires that are beautifying the kingdom. And the, 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 the royal family wants you to build these beautiful buildings and build them tall, but not too tall. Because you don't want to be bigger than the actual royal monument or the royal castle. So it's a game where you're just trying to collect three of each type or fewer of uh, six different suits. And if you ever go over in one of the suits, they're all worth negative points as opposed to positive points. So it's kind of like a busting mechanic. And the problem is you get cards from the center of the table... And everybody wants those cards. And if you ever overlap on the things that there's three different markets, and if you ever want, you're going to play a card simultaneously, face down, and then reveal. And if you overlap with the want of someone else, you're going to have to uh, fight over that card. But whoever wins that that uh, that card also wins all cards played to try to win that card. So you'll win the card you played the card in the middle, and possibly up to, like, three other players' cards. Which can, again, you're trying to get three or fewer of each column, so that could just take you over immediately. So you have to be very careful as to which which uh, battle, which little battles in the market you want to win, and uh, at the end of the game, whoever's the most points wins. It's 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 got just enough bite to it, just enough different ways to score that it will appeal to gamers, but it is definitely made... For people who are just getting into games, just makes it it's pretty easy to understand and pretty easy to teach. Absolutely. So yeah, and we've all played uh, it. Yeah, and everybody's played it, and everybody loves it, and they say it's their best game ever. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Actually, at the Unpub Mini, my friend played it with me, and he's not a big fan of the little card games, especially like trick taking, and it's a different take on it. But he said this is one he would actually buy. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it because I never really thought about it as trick taking when yeah. I was originally making it. It was just sort of like I wanted to collect all the cards, and I made it before even Viceroy came out. And Viceroy has a very similar like you want to I want this card, and everybody's going for it. So at the same time, like simultaneous reveal. So actually, I just really like yeah. Actually, going back to our initial discussion, Viceroy was one that popped in my head, and I forgot to mention where Daryl was talking about blind bidding stuff. Viceroy, you love Viceroy, right? Yes, I do. Yes, well, it has some blind <laughs> bidding components. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, you only you only have to do one, and then you can kind of negotiate it. So it's kind of gives you a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, I but think, it, right? it's open ended enough that it's like it introduce somebody who doesn't like blind bidding has an open ended kind of outcome they can influence a little bit more. But it has that that component to it. So yeah, so so there you go. So Spires, I mean, it's it it has some trick taking roots, but it doesn't feel like one. It's quick uh the focus is less on the trick taking and more of the is is this card good for me is it bad for me and then how bad do i want to avoid it some cases some cases it's real bad for everybody if they win 
And it's just trying to figure out how you can avoid it best. And that <laughs> rule of... at the end where you, whatever cards are left in your hand, you discard two and keep the rest. Man, if you don't remember that thing, that can yeah. really mess you up. Yeah, so oh, yeah. it's like you gotta, you like, you, that is the trick, the, the, the twist I have to remind everybody, like, once through the game. Like, the first time you play, you say it at the beginning, and then halfway through you go, and remember... At the end of the game, you're going to have to put all those cards that are in your hand are going to have to go in the columns in front of you, and that could make you really mad. And everyone goes, oh, crap. <laughs> and um, we did that at the end of our game. <laughs> yes, yeah. The other day. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I, you know, that might actually be good feedback for putting a little on the back of the reminder card, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, Spire's very tight game. I, 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 I'm not a big... I, I'm not a huge, like, that type of game card game but i really do like the simple ones and this one's uh pretty simple it's pretty straightforward just enough meat to make it cool so yeah i've talked and about it cool too art. much already but very cool art. <clears throat> yeah very cool art so yeah. it'll be up there now so go click the button if you haven't already clicked the button absolutely and speaking of really quickly um one of the greatest card games of all time designed by dc tc pay the third uh xenon profiteer is currently on sale from eagle games so well, it's on sale right now for a short limited time for nineteen ninety nine at eaglegames.net. So go and check that out because Xenon Profiteer is awesome. Yeah, and it's about out. I'm yeah, pr- it's, it's pretty, I, this, is, this is the last push for them, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I can't imagine they have any more, so yeah. Yeah. But who All knows? Right. So let's move on to another card game that's on Kickstarter, and that is Cobras by our friends at Cardboard Edison, Chris and Suzanne Zinsley. Uh, pretty much, well, most of us are back in this. I'll be back in this after the podcast. Uh, and it is a trick taking game for one to five players. Uh, it's all about a little bit about timing. Um, so you got to know when to cash in your points the best, or you might get bit by the Cobras. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, the, the art's pretty straightforward. Again, it's, it's got great, it's got some great, um, graphic design for it. It's, it's really cheap to get into. Once again, these, these kind of inexpensive, cool card games, especially when you, when you have a fresh take on trick-taking games, is awesome to check out. They have, of course, the rulebook online and print-and-play files to print out your own, and there's not that many cards to print out, so if you want to check that out as well, go and check that out on Kickstarter. Is everybody back in that? Nobody? I think, I, think I, I think I will be by the end here, but I, I haven't clicked the button yet, but I've been thinking about other things at the moment. But yeah, the uh, I would... Re- I really was hoping to play it this last weekend, but I, they didn't come to the weekend. I didn't know if they would or not. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to try it out. I'm not like I said, I'm not a huge trick taking fan, but like it, anything that's simple and gets the job done and does something unique, I've, I'm always interested in. So, yeah, I agree. I think it looks cool. Isn't it their first one too? Well, other than, well, their first independent one that they've done. Independent. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So it's so their first independent Kickstarter, so yeah. they need the help. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So go and check it out. Right now they're at $2,937 of an $8,000 goal. They have 30 days to goals, go to. Yeah, uh, they just so, started today, so. Right. So, well, I mean, as of, okay. Well, as of today when we're recording. As of today when we record, right, exactly. <laughs> so they've done really well for the first day, but they can still use your help. So go check them out. Help them get past their, their funding goal because this is, I think, going to be really cool for them. Uh, in full disclosure, we have a, a game sign for them that we'll be doing probably either in late 2017, early 2018 called Dubai. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. Sweet. So 
Uh, speaking of games that we talked about that have a social aspect slash party aspect, Dracula's Feast is on Kickstarter right now from Bluebeard Entertainment. Daryl, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that since you're involved and are the graphic designer for that? I am the graphic designer for that. Yay! Dracula's Feast is like uh, it's kind of in the vein of the mini the mini games like we're talking about with Love Letter. Um, it's a just a quick ten minute social deduction game. And the whole thing is you're assigned secretly. You you know what you are, but you're you're a monster at Dracula's feast, so Dracula's ball. And you're trying. Every monster has their own win condition printed on the card, and so you're trying to dance or accuse other players to try to fulfill your win condition, so you could be the first one to win, more or less. Um, it's very that's very simply simplified stripped down version but that's the game it's art styles all done um by the amazing uh tanya walker uh she's an ex-disney artist and she copied the the gory art style like perfectly uh so it's been fun to do design with and everything and it's a great game i mean it's it's cute it's small fits in your pocket there you go nine dollars freaking back it people there more enthusiasm Nine dollars. Only nine Very affordable. Obviously, Peter Hayward, our friend Peter Hayward that we know and has done some quality stuff, ran Scuttle earlier this year, is now doing Dracula's Feast, so you should go check that out on Kickstarter. Uh, what do we have now? Oh, ooh, ooh, Laser Riders. From a Laser. small out, out, output called Greater Than Game Slash Dice Hate Me, Very uh, small. The, the, this indie company needs your help. It's going to be one of their first times. Making a, a, a bigger game. Absolutely. There's a lot of components, so I'm I'm just worried that maybe it'll be a little tough for them the first time. But at the same time, I know that they can do this. I agree, TC. I think you've nailed everything right on the head. Um, we are a small outfit outfit that started in the uh, mid '80s. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels this like one and never and never left it and never left it. That's right. Well, this project <laughs> fell behind the filing cabinet, right? And when you were moving your Betamax out of the way, you found it. <laughs> You're right. like, oh, crap. That's right. Actually, it was in my old Trapper Keeper. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, nice. Now, anybody who's a fan of the eight, late 80s, early 90s, um, kind of afternoon cartoon type of, of feel, if you ever wore Zubaz pants or uh, had Rats. some... What? Zubaz pants. Zubaz? You don't know what Zubaz pants are, oh. youngin'. Anyway, uh, this is <laughs> this is the super cool. I mean, it's just we were talking about this for a while. Uh, again, this is from uh, Nicole and Anth- Nicole Klein, and Anthony Amato, and it's one that I've discovered at Unpub Six, Five, Six, Six. What was left? Six. Yes, Unpub Six. I knew as soon as I saw it on the table and even played one full round. We wanted it, so we signed it immediately. Been working tirelessly on the art and development for it. The art is amazing. It is like if you look at it, it is pure late eighties, early nineties. It's so eighties. <laughs> it is so awesome. Um, go check it out because the box itself is actually designed to be like an old collector's VHS tape system. So there are four different laser riders in the game, and it's it's essentially, if I want to sum it up, it's a, it's a kind of a Tron light cycle type of game, but you're basically trying to ride the laser rays and, and move around through these uh, scoring prisms, and if you get three of them in a row, you immediately win. It opens up an amazing uh, you know, portal to another dimension. And 
that entire th- concept of the game is pretty much what it is. You have sh- different gears you shift into, and depending on what how high of a gear you are, it depends on how fast you can go and how many different like types of turns or straightaways you can get to to the prisms. The higher you're going, the more you have to. If you're going to make a shift in direction, you have to roll a die, and if if you don't get uh, above that particular gear, you'll spin out or have a crash or what you know. It's just it's it's super awesome. It's it's so much fun. Each individual uh, tape, so quote unquote tape that slides out from the box, is going to be uh, a custom set tray. So you slide out from that box individually, and all of your individual track pieces are laid out in in a uh, a, a custom plastic tray. Um, we've got cutouts and four different um, uh, heroes for the things like Super Sheriff and Phantom Cosmonaut and Laser Shark and Galactic Wave Rider. So it's done really well. We have 17 days to go in the campaign. We have some super cool stretch goals planned. And I love this game. I mean, this is like, I knew as soon as I saw it, I was like, we, we have to make this game because this is so fun. <laughs> So yeah. I I have a question about this game. Sure. Um the the Phantom Astronaut or Phantom Cosmonaut? Cosmonaut, uh-huh. The right. Phantom uh that's totally Doctor Who reference, right? No. Okay. <laughs> it can be. It can be. It looks exactly <laughs> exactly like the the monsters from the library episode with no, uh, I get it. I, I know. I know what you're talking about, but it's more. <laughs> it's far more a reference to heavy metal than it is the Doctor Who. So let's put it that okay. way. Okay. Yeah. All right. But it could be. All right. All right. So moving on from Laser Riders, go check that out. We also have from our friends uh, Josh and Lena Capel is Problem Picnic Attack of the Ants. And that is currently on Kickstarter. It is a roll, dice rolling dexterity game. There are only eight days to go as of this recording, so there will only be a couple of days left probably by the time the recording comes out. It's, all, it's designed by Scott Alms. And they do some fantastic stuff. It's kids table board gaming. You should go check it out. The, the art, mm-hmm. of course, is by Josh Capel because he does crazy amazing stuff. And uh, he's one of the best graphic designers slash artists that we have in the industry. Um... They have, I mean, it's just, it, you should go just look because, I mean, I can't even describe it because it's it's just so fun looking. And they were at Grand Con when I was at Grand Con. Of course, I talked to them and spent some time with them. And um, they also had put out a previous game called Food Fight, which is a little two-player game that has really cool, like, components where uh, they designed it where, or Food Fighters, rather. Let me Let me talk about that. So the individual food fighters, like, they might get a spoon that enables them to do something. The spoon is actually a wooden piece that goes onto the tile that, that has the piece of food and it has the hand out, and so it looks like it's wielding, like, the spoon or whatever. And it just plays super quick. Again, since this is both dice and dexterity, it seems like a ton of fun, and all the art and this stuff is just so whimsical. So please go check it out. They need, let's see, right now they're at $13,604 of their $15,000 goal. They should definitely get the funding for it, but please go and check it out and give them uh, some some love. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> this is all going to uh, depend on how quickly Jessica can edit the podcast, but a... a um, a project that I've been involved with called Unreal Estate ends this Friday. Depending on when it drops, you may only have like a day or it may be past. It, we will just kind of see. But it's one of those things that is it's put up by Grand Gamers Guild. 
It's Unreal State. It's a design by Jason Slingerland. Again, it's an inexpensive entry fee, and it's a it's going to be it's a great little card game. It's super easy to play. It's 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 got a great entry way to to, to play the game itself. We're currently at nineteen thousand three hundred eighty six dollars. So please go and check that out if you want to get on board for Unreal Estate. Yeah. Anybody what else? What typeface? What typeface is that as on the cards? Which one? For Unreal Estate. All of them. All the all the ones there. It's, yeah, it's hand, handwritten. It's handwritten. No. That's me, man. Yeah, okay. Dude, you're really consistent, and you can write on perfectly straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> I will only co- comment, I, and normally I'm pretty good about my typeface. Let me know later. I'm, I will later, but it's from Blambot. That's, okay. It's from Blambot. It's awesome. It's a really good typeface. All right. Anybody else got anything uh, Kickstarter-wise that we want to mention before we move on? All right, I'm all. that's it. All right, so we're up to Unpub News. Daryl, do you have anything Unpub News-wise? Unpub News, the, the new website's coming along really nicely. Uh, we're hoping to have it up before Halloween. Uh, we're, it's all working on the back end at this point. So it's it's the whole front's done. It's just the back. Uh, but it's going to be really nice and easier to do everything through. Uh, sponsorships for Unpub 7 are starting to go out. We've already got uh, Hasbro's back in. Yay! And uh, Daily Magic. Yay! So hey, join the list of sponsors. Be awesome. Yeah, do it. Or beware. Yeah, unless TC will, will contact you. Yes, personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so um, yeah, so that's awesome. Is that everybody? Is that it? Oh, actually, I do have some unpub news that I can officially announce. This is the first time I'm announcing this anywhere. And I can announce it because we're going to blast it Friday everywhere. So, big spoiler. Um, drum roll. Uh, the VIP special guest for Unpub 7. It's me. Is, is, is Chris Kirkman. And he's also MC, so he's just going to be talking to himself. <laughs> so, it's a normal, normal day for him. Yep, um, pretty much. <laughs> no uh our vip this year uh we listened to feedback and we kind of ch- decided to change things up a little bit and that means we don't have a game designer as our vip this year instead we pulled someone that is well known in the industry has a lot of history and therefore can help a lot of people and whose advice should be taken to heart uh he is the founder of z-man games and he is now founding the board game a uh, whole brand new board game section of WizKids games, and that's Zev Shalev. So he is now our VIP. Shalev? Sh- Shalev, sorry. Jesus. Guys, I'm so tired. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> run, zombie, run. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know he was Isaac's brother. I know. I, know, I was right? going to say. It's pretty amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take two. <laughs> so, uh, our VIP guest from Pub 7 is Zev Schlossinger. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There go. Yeah. So sorry, Zev. I am. I'm so sorry. I was expecting <laughs> Zev Shalev, but <laughs> Schlossinger will do just fine. <laughs> now I feel like I have to have Zev Shalev there. I have to find a Zev Shalev in the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, <clears throat> no, I think I think that will be awesome and very funny to watch as people try to pitch him games oh my all God. weekend long. <laughs> yep, I'm going to. I'm gonna. That's a. That's a. That's one where I'll be like uh, asking questions during like. Well, you know, see, here's the thing. It's like, it's yes. You know, he's the VIP. Yes, he's going to be there. But you, everyone knows there's so many other publishers there. It's not just going to be Zev and WizKids. Like, Chris is there for Greater Than Games. Uh, Ryan will be there for uh, Renegade. Brian will be there for Nevermore. Uh, Hasbro will be there looking for games. I mean, it's a, the list goes on and on. So, you know, it's don't just pinpoint just Zev. I mean, there's going to be... I haven't, I haven't decided if I'm coming yet, so... Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> There is it's St. Patty's weekend. I might be doing something else. You just never know. So. Oh well, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, All right. Nice. Well, is that it? Is that everybody? Let's do this. I think everybody's heard enough from us. So that's it for this episode of State of Games. As always, we love hearing from you and want to provide content that you want to hear. So please send us ideas for show topics you'd like for us to cover and new segments you'd like to hear. You can email your ideas to the state of games at gmail.com and you can tweet them at the state of games you can also go to dicehateme.com or join guild 1903 on boardgamegeek.com you can also hit me up on twitter at dicehateme what about the rest of you you can find me on twitter at get louder and i will be hitting twitter during my break from the show so you can follow me and everything there yep get all the baby pictures you want <laughs> uh, there will be a lot this and I'm at Puppy Shogun on the Twitter, and I also uh, do a deep design segment on the Perfect Information podcast, which I don't think will be on this episode. I think they're going to do Essen stuff, which I think is crazy. I can't imagine they put out an episode already because Essen just happened, but that's fine. Um, so, but I'll be uh, I'll be doing deep design on that, and you can listen to there. And you can find me on Twitter at FeldFangirl. You can also find me on the What Did You Play This Week podcast. And in a couple of weeks, you will hear an interview um, that I did with the Cardboard Architects podcast. Oh, look at you, fancy pants. And TC just yes. did one, yeah, and it's just got posted this week, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm up on the cardboard, with Cardboard Architects. And Chris did one a couple weeks Chris. ago. <laughs> yeah, Chris did one, did too. Did I? Yeah. Wow. Amazing, but I what had about you, Daryl. Did you do one? Nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've been busting my butt on all these brand new games that are coming out, so it's a matter of time. And by the way, I don't want to be in a cardboard building anyway. It's not made for rain. That's just stupid architect. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They do have a problem with their name. All right, podcast interview. Let's just wrap this up. (laughs) Until next time, this is Dice Hate Me. This is Get Louder. This is Puppy Shogun. This is Feld Fangirl. Saying thanks for listening, and may May all your rolls be sixes. I'll miss all you for a few minutes. (laughs) 